then we'll get your tractors out. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Get your, get, go on, Ash, get your tractor out. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, new era. I guess we're in it now. Yeah. Um, first one for WWE, at least. I thought you were talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go into it. We're going to talk about SummerSlam. We're going to talk about uh, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. Um, some more bits of news. And um, we might even be doing a little bit of a quiz, I think, on this one as well. So let's see how we go. Yeah, let's see. Let's Let's see how we go. Uh, everybody, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Roll-Up, the TMOF Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by TMOF Wrestling. That'd be us. That is us. And who are we? I'm Ash. And I'm Russ. Thank you, everybody, for joining. If you are new to the show, please do like, subscribe, follow, whatever the lingo may be. We appreciate you having uh, having you here. And if you're a returning listener, thanks. Yeah, there's still some of you left. <laughs> Maybe the new era is going to bring in a new crowd, like Triple H. You know, maybe that's what we. Well, we're going to get Triple H to listen to us. <laughs> I don't know what you want to start with. Um, technically, Ring of Honor show was obviously before SummerSlam. SummerSlam is a bit more, I suppose, fresh in the minds. But um, yeah, last couple of weeks, obviously since the last episode, Vince McMahon is now done. Yeah. And we are in a new era of WWE. One thing that did come out after. Um, so during the podcast, obviously, it was announced that uh, first time ever co-CEO, uh, co-CEOs for WWE would be Stephanie McMahon mm-hmm. and Nick Khan. But after the podcast, it was confirmed who would be heading up the head of um, creative. Yes, old Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Old Hunter Hearst Helmsley himself, head of creative. So I guess he's pulling double duty. Yeah, and he's... Uh, did we mention he was the um, the head of talent head relations? Of, yeah, I think we mentioned that, didn't we? Yeah, so the news had broken earlier on in that day that he would be uh, stepping in as the new uh, head of talent relations as well. So he's, yeah, a lot on his plate then, I guess. So, um, you know, hopefully health-wise, it's it's all good for him and everything like that. I mean, he is the game. We shouldn't be too worried, I suppose. But No. Um, worried is a, is a poor choice of words anyway. I think excited. I am genuinely excited. I, do, I, I feel like after SummerSlam... Which we'll go into now. Then, if you want to, we might as well start with SummerSlam. Yeah, start with that. Um, I, I'm, I am, I am excited. It feels like it is a brand new era for WWE, and it does feel, I think, quite fresh after SummerSlam. Like that felt like that was the the big show to be like, this is it. We're going. This this is something new now. Yeah. It's still WWE, but it did feel different to me. It, yeah. It. it do you think we probably think? I thought this this moment would happen like five years time, whatever. With uh, when Vince had probably but like, passed away and yeah, like we said, you never we never really sort of saw this coming. No, it, it's it's kind can't of, imagine it. It's kind of like um, you're expecting it, but you didn't know when it's coming. Kind of like I kind of like a well placed heel turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a heel turn, I guess it was for well, Vince has always been sort of a heel. Yeah. But um, yeah, heel turn, a heel turn nonetheless, I suppose. Um, quick note before we do dive into SummerSlam, the Vince McMahon stuff does seem to be ongoing. Um, there apparently is going to be another uh, Wall Street Journal um, report going out that's supposedly quite damning to both Vince McMahon and The Rock. Yeah, but I think it's to do with XFL, nothing to do with... It is to do with XFL. What, could, what do you think that could possibly be? They could damn The Rock, of um, all people. 
maybe it's an, an illegal bot, um, purchase of X, XFL, maybe. Can you have an illegal purchase? Probably. I don't know. I don't know how it would work. But seeing as The Rock's playing Black Adam, he should, he should use his powers. <laughs> I think any kind of bad PR for The Rock is... It, that does feel weird. Like, you're used to it, Vince, but with mm. The Rock, it, that feels very out of place. So, uh, more news on that, I suppose, as that comes out. But I, I, I said last time, I, we're, we haven't heard the last of all of this. Oh, no. I'm, I'm sure there'll be stuff to come out um, as it goes on. But, yeah, we'll start with SummerSlam. We've got Ring of Honor and, of course, Ric Flair's last match. I suppose we should be talking about that a bit, shouldn't we? Yeah, the actual death force. <laughs> the, the actual, this is probably actually it now. So, um, yeah, SummerSlam uh, was the, this year, Ash, bit of trivia for you. What uh, annual SummerSlam was this? What number? Oh, hang on. Um, to the listeners out there, if you get this one, Ash will get you a prize. New Xbox, I heard. You send it out an Xbox? All new subscribers get an Xbox Series X, courtesy of Ash. Yeah, all one of you. Um, <laughs> let me see. Was it... Hang on. 30, 34. Oh, you are close. 35th annual yeah. SummerSlam. Or was it the 36th? Because you know what they're like with that. <laughs> 35th uh, SummerSlam was uh, held on July 30th uh, in Nashville, Tennessee at the Nissan Stadium. Attendance record around about 48,000 plus. I remember Kane came out to announce it. 48,449. Yeah, Kane coming out. Um, we, do you want to get, before we go to the matches, should we do like the little kind of odd bits? We'll do, we'll do all these first. We'll start with Kane then if you want, as, we, yeah. as we're on that. So, um, bit of a mixed reaction. I think they did try to sort of pipe that out with the crowd noise, but I did hear some boos. Well, because I watched it live and I didn't have the TV on full volume, I didn't really hear it myself. But oh, you watched it live, did you? Yeah. I've, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go. I'm going to let you know right now. I watched it the Monday after. After so, I got in from work and watched it in the evening. And honestly, the viewing experience watching it that way is so much better. If you can just stay off of, offline, avoid spoilers. Although I did see one quick thing and I turned my phone off because I, like, I don't want to see any more. And it, it did involve the ring. Yeah, um, but <laughs> the if you can do that, like it's such an the experience is so much better. Like you don't get cranky, you don't get real riled up when things are a bit like, oh come on, get it over with. Like just because you're tired, yeah, and it's early hours of the morning, such a better experience. Um, on a side note, but yeah, but you're saying that would you enjoy a five hour AEW preview more mm. that way? No, I still think five hours is way too long for a wrestling show. I think if it was. If you was only doing one a year that was like that, and it is like a WrestleMania, I think a WrestleMania can get away with it when WrestleMania is one show. Yeah. If it's, you know, now it's a two-day event, I don't think it need you know, you can't have two days of two five-hour shows. That kind of defeats the purpose of having, splitting it into two days, isn't it? Um, but no, I, I think SummerSlam was a, was a really nice run time. I think it sat around about three hours 40. It's something like that, yeah. And when you take into account that a lot of the packages, um, which, which you mentioned before, which you've said is because of Peacock, um, but they have to throw a lot of video packages in there and some advert bits and this, that, and the other. It is for the purposes of, of the Peacock uh, but streaming if used, platform. If they use promo packages for people later on in the show, that'd be great. Not just running people. Uh, and there was some, yeah. But it's it, it was fine because it wasn't like for the next day. So no. it, it didn't feel quite as... You know, like ham-fisted in there. But um, yeah, Kane gives the attendance record, as you say. Uh, I, I I say a mixed reaction. Obviously, it is largely cheering. But 
it's it is tricky now. I I've grown to sort of distrust the audio of WWE um, a little bit just because you're not quite sure how much of it really is genuine and how much of it might genuinely have been piped in. There was definitely some genuine pops early in the night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and throughout the show, you could tell people were into certain bits. Yeah, when you can actually see them like yeah, joining in with the chant and stuff, like it's it feels like they've just kept the audio from Thunderdome and just left it on loop. <laughs> yeah, just on constant repeat. Um, another side one. I, I I've got to mention this, Ash Kid Rock. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you've all seen that. Um, I don't. I don't want to be nasty. But I did feel, I felt sick. <laughs> well, it was just, I mean, it's a very Kid Rock thing, but I was like, my God, I didn't need to see that. Is that the, I, I felt like that was the true introduction to TV 14. Well, that was, the, that's one thing. When I, I was thinking, obviously, as I was saying, TV 14's coming in. PG was on the opening of the show, so. Yeah, but it's not there yet. But no, I feel gonna, like that's got to test I, the water. It's going to get there. But um, if TV fourteen is Kid Rock and, and this woman tonguing each other, um, which I didn't see, take, take me back to PG. I didn't see that part. <laughs> nor did I see him giving the middle finger. Oh, I didn't see the middle finger. Yeah, maybe that was taken out by the time I'd got to it. Yeah, he did the Fred Durst of twenty fifteen. Oh. Was it twenty fifteen? Fred Durst did it or twenty fifteen? That was at SummerSlam too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, I didn't see that. That must have been edited out thing. Well, unless I just missed it. But no, trust me, my eyes were firmly glued on that segment and, I, and they shouldn't have been because now I wish that I'd poured glue in my eyes. But, you know, aside from that, um, I was pretty much fixated on it. Wow. Well, <laughs> Hall of Famer. Just remember that. Hall of Famer. Kid Rock getting his, getting his end away. Um, yeah, the show itself then, Ash. I mean, as a quick overall... Positive, negative, thumbs up, thumbs down. Before we go match by oh, match, thumbs up. Yeah, not it's it's like it's like WrestleMania was this year. Like it reminded me why WWE has the entertainment part. Mm. And yeah, there was some good wrestling, but it's it's just entertain entertaining. Good entertaining show, and yeah. I think that was the again three and a half hours. Well, basically three and a half hours. Um, is a is a nice amount of time. It's actually almost refreshing now to get that for a pay per view. Yeah. Seeing as four hours seems to be the kind of gold standard for it all now. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a thumbs up. Um, this one dubbed the biggest party of the summer, which I'm pretty sure some of the other ones are, are I also. Every, I think every summer slam for like the last twenty years has been. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but very, very good show. I think eight matches in total for the main card, I believe, yeah, wasn't no, it? Yeah, no pre-show. No pre-show, so that was that was new. Um, we do kick off with the Raw Women's Championship, which is Bianca Belair defending against Becky Lynch, big-time Bex. Um, obviously, a bit of fallout from the match, not just, obviously, what, who comes out afterwards, yeah. but Becky Lynch uh, suffers an injury. Yeah, dislocated shoulder, which I think happened within like the first five minutes of the match. You can see it when she rolls out to the ring, and it's just before she's like over the barricade and pulls Bianca into yeah. it. Um, you see the pictures of the the injury after. I've seen one picture, and it does look a bit nasty. Looks quite nasty, but um, if it wasn't for the fact she kept playing on it, and, it, and the fact that you obviously you know what happened, yeah, um, I don't think you'd have probably I really didn't, picked I didn't up notice, on it. I didn't notice it. At no, all. she soldiered on. She was still working with the arm yeah. as well. It's, it's until after the match. 
you kind of do notice, but you think it's just selling. Exactly, yeah, which you you obviously become accustomed to in wrestling. So, yeah. um, but no, for absolutely fair play to her, she soldiered on and and finished it off in what was I think really a really really good match. Yeah, it wasn't as good as their mania match, but it was pretty close. No, I think the mania one again. It's it's a shame to have to do that because you don't yeah. want to always say like, oh, well, that one wasn't as good as that one. Like that's going to happen. Um, it was a different match, but it was a really good match, and I and I did really enjoy it. And I thought it was a good way to open the show. Really good opener, yeah. I, to be honest, I think that was probably their, the best opener that they could have had. Um, that, that is the thing. Unless they mention, unless they tell you what an opener or a main event is going to be, you don't really know what can open a show nowadays. I like to be surprised by it, but I, I think you know. And you hear guys in the industry say that your two most important places on the card, you either want to go on first or you want to go on last. Um, you know, because if at least you get on first, like you're 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 there, get the crowd hot. You know, it kind of sets the pace. Oh yeah, um, and I think that did an incredible job. It was given a really good amount of time, and both women are just fantastic, aren't they? And oh, yeah. then the ending was uh, an interesting, I guess, face turn for Becky. Yeah, which apparently would not happen if Vince was around. I know. I always thought that wasn't it Becky's idea initially to turn heel. Apparently so. Yeah. I guess it has run its course a bit though. Like I feel like now it would be interesting to see what she can do with big time Beck's persona as in a face position. Um, but it looks as though we're, we're going to get something with, uh, I, I guess, Becky, Bianca, and, and now the returning Bailey, which we who we haven't yeah. seen for... Oh, about 14 months? 14 months, Something which like would that. put her last match in the Thunderdome in front of no people. Yeah, the Hell in a Cell, 2021. That would be, yeah, it would be. And they were in the front... In the, 2020, you mean? No, it was 2021, wasn't it? Mm, no. No, 2020, yeah, so I've... 2020 yeah. against Sasha, right? No, it was a bank. Vince um, Belair. Fourteen months. When was Hell in a Cell last year? Then after Mania, after Mania, back straight after Mania. It's because it changes. Like where, in my head, I've still got Hell in a Cell being like an October time. It was definitely after. It was. But yeah, you're probably right because Hell in a Cell has obviously been that's earlier why, in the year. That's why year. last year they had to bring back. Oh. Sasha Banks early because Bailey got injured. What do you know? But yeah, because that was part of me. Because one thing I did like about this part was Bianca Belair felt like the audience did with her reactions. Yeah, Bianca's a great face, and and that's really cool because like you never really saw. I I didn't really see her as a face when she with her time in NXT. No, she I was never, quite a good. She fit that heel persona really well. But um, now looking at it, you can't really imagine it any other way. No. But um, May twenty twenty um, was the last time that Becky Lynch was a face. By the way, little factoid for you there. So not um, Bailey, not Becky. Well, no, I think you're right with Bailey. I think that was July twenty twenty one. So it is a year, yeah, about just over a year. Um, so yeah, Bailey comes out after the match. Massive um, pop, huge pop, which is exactly how it should have been. It has been a long time. We did, did do miss Bailey. Oh yeah, um, she's still a heel. Yes. Becky's just turned face, or at least, you know, they've done the handshake and the hug and everything at this point, and she's rolled out of the ring. Bianca's celebrating. Bailey comes out, gets about halfway down that enormous ramp. Yes. Uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about as we, we go on with this. But halfway down, and Dakota Kai's music hits. I didn't I didn't realise that was Dakota Kai until they mentioned it. Uh, well, you could see it on the board coming up, but I knew her music. 
Yeah, yeah like I said, I forgot the music, and then, like I said, with Brown, uh, reactions, like, that's how everyone, that's how I and basically everyone else felt, like, they got Dakota Kai back. So, and Dakota Kai was only recently released within the last, like, what, three months? It was something like that. Was... She was that last batch of release. Yeah. In the last batch of releases. But, again, the Triple H effect, I guess. I mean, you, it's hard to not think that he's had something to do with that. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't alone. No, no. A returning Io Shirai. Who? who who's now known as Io Sky. Yeah, when... When, but it just it did say Io Shirai in a, in a, on her Titan. I still it, call it the Titan Tron, but it's not. Um, but it did say that on there, and they do say Io Shirai when she first comes out. Yeah. And then by the end of the segment, they're calling her Io Sky, which I thought initially was a fuck, was a botch, was yeah. a botch, yeah, was a fotch. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It it is Io Sky. I was so. like, why are they calling her that? Are they get? Is it like when? Um, do, you, do you like the name change? It's all right. It's not the worst. It's, it reminded me. It reminded me at the beginning when Michael Cole kept calling Shinsuke Nakamura Shin. Shin, yeah. <laughs> you can't say bad things about Michael Cole anymore. No. The internet loves him now. Yeah, it's funny what happens. They're saying <laughs> it since Vince has gone, but I mean, you got to be realistic. It's oh, since really since Pat. he's been with Pat. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Pat's been a breath of fresh air, hasn't he? Um, we'll come to Pat in a bit as well. Yes. But yeah, EO Sky. Uh, re- really cool to see him. Interesting group. We'll see what sort of goes down with it, but it's nice to see EO, EO Sky as well. By the way, very recently, um, let her contract expire. At least was the well, story. That, wasn't that was it? The, the rumor was that her contract was going to expire and she was going back to Japan. But she said that she sent in a sick emoji. So, like, uh, I I mean, it, obviously, it was a Meltzer thing. So everything Meltzer says is true. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, well, speaking of Meltzer, do you want to rate the match? I'll, you can rate it if you want. Uh, I I wasn't planning to, but no, I'd neither give... was I. So that's that we can be on the spot now. I give it a four. I'm gonna. I've changed my rating system. Well, what is it now? My rating is it was very good. <laughs> it was it was a very good. No, it was it was a really good match. Really awesome way to kick off. And again, open stadium, and it's it's at the point where you know your first handful of matches are going to be in the daylight, and it always feels yeah. like a big time deal when when that's the case. Do you know um, what I was thinking as soon as. Um, Shirai and, or Sky, I should say, and um, Kai came out. Sky and Kai, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I did. Um, I thought because it's a new era. Uh, Banks and uh, Naomi are going to come out. Yeah, well, I guess there's still time for it. So I mean, off the back of that, and again, a really cool moment to cap off uh, a really, really great opening match. Um, in terms of what we could see now. You know, there are. It's opened the door to people coming back, mm. not just people that were released, but people who left just let their contracts go. You know, work. I, I think it's that idea that you've had your Vince McMahon guys and you've got Triple H guys now too, and there's going to be a lot of those from NXT, oh, and yeah. that really could open the door. Um, the bigger question, which we won't get into today, but the bigger question really could be how many people that are already signed contracts, say with like an AEW, looking at William Regal. Yeah. How many of those, when the contract is up, could be um, very heavily enticed to return? I reckon there's a few. I reckon there's not be a few that haven't even been to the WWE yet. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're right. Um, but overall, exciting stuff. I don't want a, a repeat of the Monday Night Wars. I don't want two companies trying to put each other out of business. I want two companies tr- propelling each other to put on the best product they both possibly can. Because then there's more entertainment to go around. 
And this is sports entertainment, pal. Yeah, but um, apparently there are some Vince words that can be used now. Or are, going to, are probably going to be used. <laughs> yeah, good. Like wrestling? Or is that a bit much? I think... They, I think <laughs> what was it on SmackDown before my, um, SummerSlam? I think Michael Cole said the, the WWE fans, not the universe. Really? I think he said something to that effect. Oh, without Vince in his ear, he's going to go rogue. Look out, world. Michael Carl's coming for you to show you what he's really all about. Um, yeah, no, really good opening match. We do open... Uh, open? We do move on to uh, Logan Paul against The Miz. And um, The Miz has, of course, now uh, got this alliance with Champa. Yeah. For, who, well, is, is he just Champa now or is he Tommaso uh, Champa still? Uh, well, rumour, once again, he's going to go back to Tommaso Champa. Okay. So Tommaso Ciampa, Triple H's son or dad, depending on um, sometimes the angle yeah. that you look at him in. But uh, Tommaso Ciampa, as I, I honestly think, quick side note on that, that Tommaso Ciampa is the most intelligent man in WWE. He's waited his time out in NXT. And I say waited his time out like he's, he's sat there and done nothing. He, like he was NXT, really. Um, him For a long time. Johnny, I think, together. Um, but he's he's done absolutely everything you could basically do in NXT. He's gone for the very last possible moment, gone to the main roster just in time for Vince to go, and now Triple H can can work with him there. What what I mean, you, I'd say you can't write it, but I guess you are. They are writing it. But uh, <laughs> really awesome now knowing that someone like Champa, who before I think we were really kind of concerned that on the main roster. You know, is he he's going to get lost in the shuffle or something will happen? Um, Which kind of did to begin with. He did kind of to begin with, and actually, if you can go all the way back to the when they was going to call up four together, and then him and Johnny just it never stuck, but Ricochet and Alistair Black did. Um, well, I think that's because um, Champa got hurt, got, didn't he? got injured, yeah, but and it also took Johnny out as well. Uh, probably a blessing in disguise, but. You know, I, I know I, for one, was really concerned with the NXT 2.0 thing, with like a lot of people going then thinking Champa was going to be one of the first ones gone. Yeah. But he's he survived, damn it. His entrance music might say otherwise, but he did. He survived. Okay. And I'm really, really glad. I love the fact that the Miz guys all come out all in the same sort of attire. Champa looks very out of place with the Miz, but... It's, it does it does seem weird at the time, but then... It's, yeah. it's working, though. Yeah. It's working, and that not that like the best thing when, when they make it work? Take something that you don't think, you couldn't really see it in, in advance, and then they actually turn it into gold. Yes. You see the, the promo on Raw Talk? I did. Wow. Yeah. Like It was just the mic, a literal mic drop, and this is like, yeah, I mean, there's I'm yeah, nothing to say after that. Yeah. <laughs> a brilliant promo from Champa. Doesn't really do an awful lot in this, obviously, but it's not his match. Um, it's kind of the fallout from WrestleMania. With the Miz turning on Logan Paul, so we get that package. And Logan Paul, long story short, there does defeat the Miz, which I think was pretty predictable. Yeah, not in a bad way, but no. When I was watching this, I think I did think he is wrestling like someone who has his second match. But his second match is in SummerSlam mm-hmm. in front of a big crowd, and didn't look out of place. Didn't look out of place. Uh, you could tell. I mean, there's certain things he does. He's, he's obviously a very athletic guy, and that, that does oh, yeah, help he, a lot. you can tell. I did think on that frog splash, though, um, it looked like he probably could have been a bit gentler. 
It looked like it really hurt. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I know Miz is selling it afterwards, but again, like we said with the Becky thing, I don't know how much of it was selling and how much of it was like, no, like Logan Paul absolutely winded that boy. And it really did, man. It looked like it hurt. But really great for the replays. Um, mm. Some really cool stuff in there. Like you said, Logan Paul doesn't really look out of place. I mean, he has signed. Oh, yeah. So, with WWE. So you will imagine that he's going to have to spend a lot of time down in the PC and then see where he goes. And who his next year is going to be. I think we're going to see something with Logan Paul and Matt Riddle, or sorry, Riddle, down the line. Could do. I yeah. think they're two quite interesting characters together. Um, but we'll see what happens there. I suppose before we go on to the, the third match, probably mention Riddle now. Of course, one of the matches billed for SummerSlam was Riddle and Rollins. Mm-hmm. Of course, had to be pulled because of an injury to Riddle. What's the injury? Uh, a stinger, which I believe is caveman, but... Well, he, I mean, he comes out um, through the crowd, which is funny because security come out mm. and it looks like they were genuinely trying to stop him. I thought he was going to get another um, Gronk moment. Oh, you can't be that. No, you can't be that. But uh, yeah, he, he comes into the ring and he still wants to have a fight. So Rollins is coming out and they've got the security and referees, haven't they, and trying yeah. to stop it. But they end up fighting and Rollins gets better of him and gives him a curb stomp, which is further in the hole. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's got a bad, got a bummed out neck. Um, but that's what we get for that. Bit of a shame we didn't get to see that match. I would have quite liked to have seen that. But we're apparently going to get Clash of Castle, which I'm going to see. So. You are going to see. Yeah. Um, more news on that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, cool to see them nonetheless. Just a shame about the match. But, you know, if it is an injury, it is what it is. Um, Bobby Lashley defending the United States Championship against Theory. Big Bob. Big Bob. I still find it weird calling him just Theory. Yeah. I was having this conversation with Daryl. Shout out to Daryl. Must kill. The band he plays in will be playing at Bloodstock next week. So if you're going to be heading over to Bloodstock Open Air Festival, do make sure to check out Must Kill on Sunday in the New Blood tent because that's going to be good stuff. Uh, but Daryl did point out something when we was talking about this. We brought up the conversation about guys that had names dropped and actually how now you can't imagine them going by it before, which is a strange thing. And I hadn't really thought about it too much until he brought it up, but Antonio Cesaro. Yeah. Sounds wrong now. It does. And I'm sure Cesaro might sound a bit wrong after we get used getting back used to calling him Claudio again. But oh, definitely. Alexander Rusev. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, right? It was weird. It was. It is weird. Biggie, P- Biggie Langston. Biggie Langston was the first one he mentioned. Biggie, and, and again... Some of them do work better. Big E works better. It does. Um, but like you know, theory though, which we we both agreed, it just it's weird. And I don't know if it's because theory is a word, like it's just a word, isn't it, on its own? So maybe that's why. Well, but then you, but then if you really think about it, the Rock. Yeah. True. Rock, the Rock. Like when you really think about it, it I, I guess. Is it the same as? As we said, Hurst Houndley, Triple H. Yeah, um, well, no, I guess that's initialing. That's different, isn't it? I mean, if, if you're going by each, like, Hunter, Hurst, if you was going to drop but no one... any of his other names, and he, he was just called Hunter. Hunter Houndley. Well, no, because you know, if, if he's just going to one-name the guy, and it's Hunter, um, maybe they... that works. I mean, Hunter is different. Yeah, but wouldn't they go for Houndley? Uh, they, they probably they're well, more of a last name company, d- d- during that initial kind of when it was the McMahon Helmsley era thing that they were doing with him and Stephanie 
like storyline wise probably they did call him hunter but he becomes hunter more over time yeah but i think that's because that's what people are obviously calling him like actually calling him backstage true um but yeah just just a side note it's just still quite weird calling him theory and not austin theory and um you know the whole like eos eos skies thing just going back to that quickly is changing the name at least, I guess, some things in WWE's won't change anytime Does, soon. Like, we will still do name changes. True. Does that mean now that she's the genius of the uh, Shirai? The genius of the Shirai? Yeah. You know how she was called the genius of the sky? I thought he was going to say the genius of the Shire. going to say mm-hmm. she's not a hobbit. That same size as one. That's really mean. You can't say, so well, hobbits are pretty cool. So so is she. She's, she is very cool. Anyway, yeah. Big Bob defeats Theory with the Master Lock. The Lock. Well, it's a master lock. Oh, it's a full Nelson. Yeah. But it'll always be the master lock to me. Shout out Chris. Love Chris Masters. When's he coming back? You mean Masters? <laughs> yeah, you mean Chris. Um, it's one. <laughs> pretty quick match, by all accounts. It Only was, about five minutes long. Um, but it did its job. It did its job. It and I think by doing its job... When you say did its job, I think it did its job in terms of adding a bit of intrigue to the main event. Because that obviously heavily implied a theory is going to come out at some point cash in so you didn't expect maybe a big long match with bob no but um i wasn't expecting theory to win because he's only just drops it yeah and i think ever since he won money in the bank he's not won a match i like i i just want to say something about this stuff with theory at the minute we said last week about there were a lot of people really upset that he had won money in the bank for some reason yeah i don't know why i think it's because he's Stuff outside of wrestling that he, that he was in trouble for, but he's kind of got away with. Maybe because they don't, people don't want a new superstar in wrestling. People, well, I'm not buying that. People are always crying for, for new stars to be made. Me, one of them. Yeah. So I'm all for it. But I like the fact that the Vince McMahon thing has at least left something there. Like the promos leading up to this. Roman, oh, daddy's, oh, daddy's not here anymore. That was so good. And it's just like... I like I love theories sell of it like he's in the ring and he's kind of like he's still kind of looking like you know trying to be like tough but he's kind of doing that thing like where it kind of his body language is feels like you know like yeah no he's he's right like I'm kind of I'm a little bit like out of my zone here a bit and it just I like it I like the fact that it looks like the story could be that everything kind of goes downhill for him mm. and you just know that at some point if he isn't because at the moment it's really, really difficult to see Theory cashing in that money in the bank and actually winning the title. Unless it's... Unless. Unless it's the, the guy who beat Roman. Immediately drops it to Theory. Yeah, that's the only way I can see it. Clash at the castle, anyone? <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll come to it, Ash. Don't worry. Um, overall, though, the match... I didn't say thumbs up or down, actually, for Logan Paul and The Miz. Uh, up. It was, better, it, it was better than I expected. Yep. I like the frog splash to the outside. Yep, even though it looked like it sucked. Yep. Yeah. And I kind of like the finish with the... Uh, Beating him with the skull crushing finale. And we forgot to mention about AJ Styles coming in. Because Chad Champ- uh, Champ- yeah. was brilliant. Like, no, I'm putting this chair down. I'm sitting here. <laughs> yeah. God, man. It's because I just love Champer in all the other ways. So. And once again, another big part with AJ. Yep. Be interested to see what they do there. I, I think AJ Styles and Champer feud could be really cool. Uh, but yeah, no thumbs up for me as well on that one. Uh, this one, kind of thumb in the middle. Yeah, I was in. Um, I'm thumb in the middle on this one. About the same. It wasn't. 
it actually did its job. It did. It made Bobby look like a the big, the big um, yeah. fairy. The heel he is interesting. Um, uh, entrance for Bobby as well. He didn't come all the way up from the entrance. We just introduced to him on the ramp, like on the like podium. It. I like that. Which was pretty cool. I can't remember if this was after this. I think it was actually a little bit later, but I'll come to it now because I forgot about it when we was doing like the other promo bits. But yeah. uh, the Drew McIntyre thing. Yeah. Again, I, like cutting the promo in the ramp way. I quite liked that. I did. Uh, and um, I thought it was funny when you mentioned Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the first time ever. <laughs> Wait. In, in, in Nashville. In a last man standing. For both the titles. At SummerSlam. <laughs> uh, and, and then he asked that kid in the front row. Yeah. <laughs> and, and started a chant for him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he was... Gotta love that. Did you have to be a plant or... It just been wrestling? No, come on, man. Sometimes it's just... There's a kid lucky enough there and he gets his moment. And I'm very happy for that little boy. And it's probably the same kid that won a tag title with... Um, <laughs> yeah. You watch, that'll be his origin story now. Mm. No, I think that's it's great. No, that's, not, that's that's an AEW thing, isn't it? In two years' time. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, yeah, thumb in the middle for that one. Um, next match, though, really, really good. I like this a lot. The Mysterios, Ray and Dominic taking on Judgment Day members Finn Balor and Damien Priest. Of course, accompanied to the ring by Mama Rhea Ripley. Um, my God. I'm sorry. I, I'm not usually like that, but Rhea Ripley is... She's something. Oh, she is wonderful, isn't she? I think really. I mean, I look again. I said last week about the Judgment Day. Um, I really, really like it, and it's. I, I feel like they they can really, really go a lot of good places with it. But again, I, I'm just enjoying what I see. Um, the whole match in general. What did you make of it? I I, I did quite enjoy this. It's. Good. I think it made me more for what happens at the end. Yeah, it's it's good. I just there was some bits. That, it's an ODQ match, but why are you doing tags? And that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's all of those things. The action, the action was good. Um, yeah. I, st- I still like, I still like the spot where Ray does the slide to the outside of a chair. No matter how many times I see it, it still looks good. It look, always looks, yeah. And and actually, when you really, really break it down, I mean, how old is Ray Mysterio now? 47? 47, I think he, yeah, 47. December 11th, 1974. 47 years old. He will be turning 48 this year. He's a couple years removed from being 50. I know. And he said he probably will retire at 50. So, do you know what else is weird? Finn Balor's 42. Yeah, you. I so I I actually think that's the biggest work in wrestling. Did you see it? Did you I see? I saw the. Um, I saw he had a birthday recently. Didn't yeah, he? on Raw. Yeah. And it was the same day they did the Rem Studio 20th anniversary. Yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> and they beat him up. Phil Balor says, why are you getting this, all this attention? It's my birthday. <laughs> Finn Balor at 41 years old. It is actually quite mad. but was he 41? Um, 41, yeah. Damien Priest, 39 years old. You wouldn't think he's nearly 40 either. No. And, and obviously Dominic. I mean, Dominic's... Like 24, 25? 25 years old. He's a young whippersnapper. I think, him. I think Rhea is 25 as well, isn't she? Um, Rhea is only 25 as well. So her and Dominic, literally the exact same age. Um... Yeah, I uh, I did enjoy this, but obviously we should probably talk about the what happens up towards the end. Uh, we get the lights go out mm-hmm. and kind of a different rendition of the Brood music that again. Was weird. I liked it. It was kind of yeah. synthy from what I heard of it. I'll have to listen to it again because that might not be the case, but it sounded kind of synthy. Um, but we got like a similar kind of deal that he did at SummerSlam like the year before, yeah, and with then Seth. with Seth, yeah. Um, but 
he sort of comes up through the, the steps of, with yeah, fire around it, like the Mania one, which is still one of my favourite entrances yeah, it ever. Looked, it, it looked weird to me because I'm thinking, how did he do that? Because obviously they cut off a platform yeah, yeah. that bit. So you can't really see because I'm thinking, is he, cause he come through some steps? Looked but, awesome though, didn't it? It looked awesome. Looked then, awesome. Then, but he's straight edge, st- straight haircut edge. Straight edge. I don't know yeah, what's going on. Yeah, because I did watch... <laughs> Is that a haircut, anyway? I did watch the pre-show, just in case. But I didn't have the sound on. But they did the promo about how he's well, coming the pre- back. The pre-show being just the just yeah. talking hype yeah. packages, yeah. And they did a promo package for um, the return. And you know it, it was Edge, but when they had the... Near the end, I had like um, a silhouette of him. And yeah, I noticed he had short hair. Yeah, it's still weird because even going back to like when he does his Hall of Fame speech, yeah, that and one, he's got the short hair there, and I still find it just and that odd. was ten years ago. Yeah, but um, did you notice? Because I I didn't notice this until I saw Botchmania that came out yesterday as recording. Ray was not happy with the finish, probably because he, he missed the splash. Uh okay, yeah, because it's kind of like a headbutt. Yeah, it kind which of, I thought it was meant to be. I'll be it, honest. It, it does. It does connect, but I think he might go for the springboard splash. I, I thought I, it looked like a headbutt to me. I, I didn't think it really looked like a botch because so he, he he slaps the mat, ah, and then he punches the turnbuckle. Man, do you know what? It's just it, it happens. I, I genuinely don't think it was that bad. It didn't take me out of it at all. Can like, I just really uh, enjoyable? Uh, yeah. Um, can I also say that the night uh, the raw after Edge returned and came back to Metal Lingus. Okay, that was the rumor for a little while. Yeah, but everyone was surprised. Like, no, Judgment Day has the other Old Bridge song. Yeah, and actually, that's cool. Now we get two Old Bridge songs. Yeah, and we're gonna get Old Bridge the Old Bridge. At, um, <laughs> probably, Mark... Clash, probably Clash the Castle. But I do think should we get Miles in one corner and Mark Tremont in the other? Why not? Let's do it. But do you think <laughs> Judgment Day are bringing in another another man? I don't know so much if it'll they, be if they make, if they want to do a six man. They can't do a rear. Um, well, they could. They, they could. I mean, if we're going to go TV 14, it's done. If, if, we, again, if we're going to reason it in by rear, then, well, they, they could. Rear did do the electric jerk drop to the outside on Dom. And she did scissor him. Yeah. But his scissors, I should say. Let's be realistic. I think Rhea looks like she really genuinely could hang in the ring with all of them. Yeah. And, and I do and mean I know, that as a. I, know, I very much mean that as a compliment. Yeah, I know that it was cheap years ago to call the, the female Pete Dunn. Oh yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, but which is really it, weird because do you remember when she? Because when she debuted, she it was completely different. Oh yeah, appearance and everything in the May Young Classic, and she was being likened too much to Charlotte Flair. I remember was the thing then. I, I do remember that slightly. So she went off and just completely changed her image, became more of a guess who she kind of is, which is a mad transformation. Yeah. Um, hey, if Buddy Murphy likes it. Yeah, you see, he put the thing in because they, they did that thing. Uh, for Ray's twentieth anniversary, which is a weird thing because he was—he's not been in WWE for twenty years, but whatever. No, um, but his debut was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. But when she's doing that thing, she goes in. She's got the "I'm your pappy" shirt on. That was funny. And she's like beating him up and stuff. And um, then uh, Alia, yeah, Mysterio gets in there. And I think Buddy had put the tweet. Or someone had put a tweet out, and he responded to it anyway, basically saying like, "Yeah, they're going to fight for my custody on a pole in a ladder match." Mm. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, would be great. Do you think, um, do you think that means that like Leah's going to wrestle? Ooh, I, she probably, yeah, she probably will be at some point. Because there must have been a reason why they brought her in 
what, f- six man tag before six man tag probably the Mysterios all of them but what the minus I mean it's it's weird because on Raw Edge does accidentally spear Dominic yeah so that could lead us maybe you know, I guess you know I guess we'll said, see you know we'll they see. said the Fiend was coming back or Bray Wyatt was going to come back yeah we'll, we'll see about that as well I we'll guess um, yeah, I like it. Didn't it. happen. Didn't happen. I've right. always liked chemistry between Edge and Mysterio, and former um, tag champions. Exactly, former WWE tag team champions. Not the first of that brand when they were introduced to SmackDown, but the second. Um, yeah, thumbs up on that one for me. Um, yeah, I'll take a thumbs up. Easily a thumbs up. What does get a thumbs up is the next match: Pat McAfee taking on Happy Corbin. Some actual history there together. Yeah, the um, roommates and teammates. Indiana Colts, was it? Um, I believe it is the Indiana Colts. I don't know um, how long ago that was. Or was it during his... Um, was it there or was it the, through... Fre- I can't even remember it now. Because I think um, McAfee... I reckon they are in real life friends. But oh, yeah. But the, you, but... I think he was in West Virginia uh, for his freshman here at college, McAfee. I don't know if it was... I, I, don't, I can't remember it where it was, they said they all first met each other, but yeah, there's some history there. Um, one of the best things I've seen from the hype packages is one of the ones where Corbin jumps the, the barricade while McAfee's on commentary and he gives him that Spartan boot oh, yeah. through the chair. It's glorious. Um, but yeah, Pat McAfee with another huge entrance. Uh, no Seven Nation Army this time. No, no. But the, the cry part was funny when... Because it, it was weird that like, they just randomly happened to start when Corbin was like not even halfway for his... Yeah, not even halfway down the ramp, which anywhere else would have been in the ring by now and the match almost finished, because yeah. it's a big ramp. Yes. Yeah. No, I liked it. Thumbs up for it. I, the ending almost botched a bit. Maybe it was technically a botch, but it, it, it still looked really cool. That was a code red. Yeah. Um, which I'll be honest, I thought was going to be Panama Sunrise for a split moment. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> no, because he does land like actually on the back. Yeah. It's just... Um, I can't remember. What was the finish to him and Fury at Mania? Um, I don't remember. Because I'm thinking... Cause Moonsault I, maybe? I can't remember. Because my... I liked it, but my problem was it felt a bit too similar to that match. There was some spot... Some, some... My, my, my call on... My take on Pat McAfee... Is he's kind of a modern day. I don't want to liken people too much, but he he reminds me of Shane McMahon. Yeah. In the sense that, like, he doesn't seem like he's an actual wrestler, and I don't mean that in a horrible way. But like, he he just he like what you said with Logan Paul. Like Logan Paul looked like he was kind of fitting that cloth a bit more. Pat McAfee is he, he does, but he just seems different, and it's kind of like what Shane used to be. Like Shane kind of. Always very entertaining. Always actually really looked forward to a Shane McMahon match on pay-per-view because you knew you was going to see some wild stuff. Yeah. And I'm not saying like Pat McAfee is in that same sort of territory of like, oh my God, he's going to jump off of a Hell in a Cell. Yes. Um, but he probably, yeah, he probably will. Yeah. Um, but he just, he, he just does some really cool stuff and he gives me that sort of vibe and it's a, it's a good, it's a good vibe. Like I like that. And again, that comes down to the entertainment aspect. Like not every match has to be like the big five-star classic or anything. It's just fun to watch. And I thought this was a fun match. This was actually one of my favourite Corbin matches I've seen in a long time. I'll give it that. But I, I like, I, I've i liked Corbin for a while. I think Since the Happy Corbin stuff, I think that's been yeah. world of uh, breath of fresh air for him. I don't know what this leads to 
afterwards. Obviously, we'll wait till SmackDown to see what they're going to do. I honestly, do you know what? I, I fantasy booking, but um, I would love for this to be some sort of introduction uh, introduction to Corey Graves well, that's, coming back that, out that's there because that was a story on commentary. Yeah, and uh, in the aftermath when um, yeah gives the chop the the extra chop. I'm thinking they can't wait till Survivor Series, can they? Because that's probably when Pat's next match is going to be. As long as we don't get a tag match, I don't want to see Corbin and... I'm all up for sports entertainment, don't get me wrong. Wait, when saying... it's done right, but I don't want to see Corbin and Graves versus McAfee and Cole. Unless it's Adam Cole. Well, I've got to wait five years for that, apparently. <laughs> but no, I, I like it. And maybe that's some fantasy booking, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm, enjoyable and a thumbs up. I'm, I'm in the middle... Only because, like I said, I felt like a bit too much like the Fury match, but possibly with a different ending and no Vince McMahon afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it would, have been, it, would, it, it would have been funny if Corey just went, no, I'm going to have a match now. It was good. I liked it. It was good. Match of the night so far, though, still is um, Bianca and, and Lynch. But um, could be changing here, though, for the next one. So the Usos uh, defended the championship against the uh, undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, I should say. Yeah. Against the Street Profits, Angela Dawkins, Montez Ford. Did anyone think they were probably going to pick it up here? Uh, well, with Jeff Jarrett, the special referee. Jeff Jarrett, special referee, yep, should have mentioned that. So there was a, something on that because he got super kicks uh, on the SmackDown before. Yeah. Um, obviously, they don't mention it on commentary, but Jeff Jarrett the next night will be well, going up against Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair they, did say, they did say... Jeff Jarrett's got a big weekend this week. Okay, yeah, so they sort of allude to it. They kind of say it, but without saying it. Which I don't think Vince would have done. That's another one of those things Vince wouldn't have done. Do you think Street Profits would have done? Did you, Was there any kind of doubt in your mind that Usos would retain? Uh, not really. No, I don't think so either. There's, there was that possibility because Jeff Jarrett... I think, if anything, it was more... For me, I was more thinking, are we going to see a turn? I was expect, I, Every time I see Jeff Jarrett, I was expected the guitar shot. <laughs> yeah. Do you think when the inevitable... Well, I say inevitable, maybe it won't happen, but if, if there's going to be a turn in the Street Profits, is it going to be Dawkins on Ford or is it going to be Ford on Dawkins? You'd think Dawkins on Ford. You would. That's what I, I do, yeah. But well, I would I, like I can, I can, Ford on Dawkins. But I can buy either way. I could buy either way, but I think it would be cool for Ford to do it. Like He's clearly the guy that everybody talks about the most out of that team. So I think it could be a really nice heel turn for him if they ever do do that. But, you know, you don't have to always split every tag team up by actually having them feud. So No, because if they did, then tag division, once again, would be buggered. Well, that's, yeah, and they've already done that before. So hopefully we won't get that. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. It was a good match. It um, was. Um, was it as good as the opener? Would you put, would it, what's, what's the favourite match after this match? Well, I... Preferred their Money in the Bank match. I didn't... I thought it was good, but it's like... It could have gone a little bit better, in my, in my opinion, but I still enjoyed the match. And, um... Yeah, I just... I thought there'd be more drama with Jeff Jeff being referee, but there wasn't. For me. I think it was fine, really, for what it was. I actually really enjoyed it. I'm I'm a little torn between this one and the opener. I think I'd probably still put uh, the women's title match 
um, slightly above this one. Right. But this was, after that, I think easily the, the second best match on the card up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's only just slightly really above the uh, Mysterios and Judgment Day match for me. Again, because I, I did really enjoy that, like, for, for what it was. Um, Usos do retain. 1D. With the 1D. It was, it was, it's, it's day one, right, I guess, but it's also okay. 3D. Yeah. But there's... Wouldn't it be called the 2D? Or is it not called the Uso Death Drop? Um, is it called the I Uso, think it's, Is uh, it called the Uso Drop? Or is it... I just read it as the 1D because it's... Day one, ish. Day one ish. That's that's what I mean. Like I, I've just I just thought of it. That shouldn't be called the. Should be called the the one dish. One dish. One dish. You want to call it the one dish? Yeah, why not? That's why you won't call it the one dish because that's that will happen. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Semi main event though, Ash, we go into is the SmackDown Women's Championship. I was intrigued to see what they would do with this one, and I got to be honest. In terms of, I think disappointment's a heavy word. But if I was going to say I was disappointed by anything at SummerSlam, I would say it was probably the finish here. Yeah. So Liv Morgan is defending her newly won SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey, who, of course, she beat at uh, Money in the Bank, cashed in the same night and took the title from Ronda. Um, Yeah. Straight to the finish itself. Um, we get one of those like Rhonda's got her in the like an armbar I think isn't it and um, she's she gets her shoulders pinned to the mat basically she she goes down for a three count but before the ref counts three Liv Morgan's tapping out yeah but because the ref's so concentrating on the on the shoulders which is the right thing he doesn't see the tap well is it the right thing would you say it's the right thing to look at the shoulders when there's a pinfall and a submission at the same time I think if you're counting a pin it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, like, if you're going to say, like, logically, you should say that you're going to try and look at both. But I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. I get why they did it. Yeah. I do get why they did it. Obviously, they still want to protect Ronda. But then at the same time, I don't know. It just felt a little bit... Um, I don't want to say derailing. Like, I really don't want to sound like it's it's putting a, a crap on Liv Morgan's, you know, title reign or anything. But it's just... You know, she's literally just won the title and we've waited a really long time for her to get this moment. And Liv is always going to be an underdog champion. She's not a Rhea Ripley. She's not going to be a powerhouse. She's she's going to be the one that's always going to be kind of an underdog. But this is, like, it kind of left like sour taste in my mouth, kind of like Rey Mysterio's first world title run in WWE Mm. when he was just being crushed by the big guys constantly and he just never had a chance to even look remotely strong. And... That's the problem, I think, sometimes when you're in there with Ronda, is because like she she has to, she is going to be protected, but I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. For me, I just I don't know, didn't quite enjoy it so much, but I'm sure for for a lot of people it it, it was fine and yeah, I think I just me, need to get over it. But think, it it was that was the way for me. Do you think for most people because Liv won and Ronda didn't? Uh, apparently, it was cut. It was because Logan Paul and Miz went long, which is a weird thing to say when that was like. An hour and a half ago. Yeah, and considering that that match was only about 15 minutes as well, the Logan Paul Miz one. Yeah. But yeah, this one only comes in at around, just again, probably about around about five minutes, yeah, if that. around four and a half, five minutes. Four and a half minutes, potentially, yeah. So, very quick. Um, thumb in the middle. 
because Liv Morgan obviously retains, but at the same time, it just it just didn't really feel great. It didn't feel like a good ending, and I guess maybe that's the point of it. We do have a Ronda Rousey, I don't want to say heel turn, but a tantrum. Yeah. At the end, which again, I, I don't know if we're going to play into that hole because Ronda just seems like she's going to be a heel now. And it feels like she should have been a heel all that time away from WWE where she was crapping on the fans, saying about how the fans suck. And she's not wrong, but, you know, for a, for a by, by and large, like she's, there's a lot of truth to what she says. But you can't have someone who stepped away from wrestling be, with wrestling being such a clicky thing that it is. Like, do you know what I mean? Like we... As wrestling fans, we can piss and moan about wrestling all day long. But if we hear someone that doesn't watch wrestling piss and moan about wrestling, we're not having it. AJ, and we <laughs> and we we will defend it, right? Oh yeah, it's just how it is. It's a weird kind of mentality, but that is just kind of how things are. Um, and that's kind of how I th- I think the fans felt collectively. Uh, you know, at least the, the IWC, but against Ronda Rousey. So to bring her back in as a face and try that, it feels forced yeah um, very forced um so to see her sort of go attack live after the match um and the referee and the referee which i think kayfabe now she's being fined for or and suspended and suspended so i yeah we'll see what they do with that and the, if it wasn't for the bailey uh faction the smackdown women's division is a bit low isn't it it's the, he, well, mean, is 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 the Bailey faction going to be a SmackDown thing now? Because that kind of looks like that's going to head to Raw. Because it's possibly they might appear on on both shows, and I think you always get some dips and and dives though with each, each yeah the women's division and for Raw and SmackDown. Was, ever since they reintroduced the brand split, if you think the SmackDown women's roster was the the one that looked like it was going to be the kind of the least weight behind it, because Raw was kind of being led by Sasha and Charlotte, if you remember, at the time. And they were having those sort of big classic matches. And then SmackDown was a lot of multi-women matches. And, you know, really until sort of Becky Lynch kind of made away with it. And Alexa as well. She deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, But on SmackDown, the women's division is what? Uh, Let's see, Natalia. Yeah. Tamina. Not Tamina. um, Tamina the better. (laughs) You got Shotzi. New Betty's on TV. Yeah. Um, Alia. Yeah. Siley. Technically, you got... There's a few, but... There's... Not Charlotte Flair still to come back. Exactly, yeah. And I think, given it given it time, I think a Charlotte Flair and Liv Morgan rivalry, that, that could be what could really help Liv with a, with a big push as, as champion. Because that's, that's the thing. That's what I don't want it to be. It always bothers me a little bit with the uh, somebody winning, like going for the championship, and the crowd really get behind them, like they were doing with Liv, like we were all doing with Liv Morgan. And then when they finally get it, then the booking kind of. Uh, uh, do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to not just pick on WWE for it, but like I felt a little bit of that with, like, say, for example, Hangman Adam Page. Really amazing long term storytelling for him kind of chasing not just the title but Kenny specifically and all the stars aligned and he's finally going to get that title shot again and it's against Kenny who he's got all this history with really good story but then once he had it there wasn't anybody really compelling enough that Hangman could go up against 
it sort of got there with Adam Cole, but it just never reached the same height, which was difficult because of how good and how long they built him and Kenny for. So it was almost a bit of a catch-22 situation. It was double-edged sword. Yeah, do you think... So I just don't want that to be the case for Liv. She needs some good challenges that she can look very good against, even if she is going to be the underdog. And I think Charlotte could be the perfect person for that. But do you think it's going to be like the fun Rosa with um, Britt Baker again? Yeah, they've already already straight away gone back to that again. It's yeah, it's a shame, but it's because it's all they kind of know. But they need to try other things and get people invested. But one thing WWE does have an edge over with AEW in that regard is that their women's division as a whole has been, and I always have said that, but it is and has been always the strongest. And that's not just against AEW, but that is in the world. I still think WWE collectively in the world has the best women's division. But that's because they know when to build someone and that's and when to Well they haven't always. They no, don't have the no, best track I... record of that. I think I think honestly, if they can try and move Ronda away from Liv as quickly as possible now, get her in there with Shayna Baszler. I don't know if they would just let's just do it. Let's just get her in with uh, Shayna. Um, Even if it's like a tag team thing they do and they just go around destroying everybody. And now that Becky's a face and when she comes back That could work again, Hill, yeah, yeah. The, the then do we finally yeah do we finally get a one-on-one with them at mania i'd like it but, i would like it and hopefully i don't I don't to sound bad but i don't want it to be a title match no I, it doesn't need the title does you, it you need it's like when Asuka came out and to feud with becky the last few months like you don't need no a title doesn't need it but we'll go to the main event then i'll give that one a, a thumbs in the middle as i say you're going to give it a between in between, in between, low and middle. Oh God! It's, it's just meant to be a thumb up, down, or in the middle. It's not a clock. You can't just say it's a twenty to twenty to eleven situation, which is what this will probably be by the time we finish recording. Um, True. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. I, I know what you mean. It was. It's, it's, it's a weird one. Definitely the the lower point of the night, which is really sad. But you know, overall, still shows great. It doesn't impact that at all. The main event. Um, is the highlight oh, yeah. of the whole show. And it is, of course, Roman Reigns defending his undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar for the first time ever in Nashville, Tennessee in a last man standing match for both belts. Yeah. Roman, of course, is accompanied to the ring. Uh, well, he's accompanied to the top of the ramp by the Usos and Paul Heyman to the full bloodline there together. But then the Usos stay there like the statues and... It's just Heyman walking down that long ramp with Roman just staring at him the whole way, mm-hmm. as he does. Brock Lesnar comes out. Then he walks off and there's just a tractor has randomly appeared. Yeah, did no one notice it? <laughs> no, exactly. But it is there and it even has a little Brock Lesnar sticker on the oh, side of it, which was, I thought, cheesy. But at the same time, I think if I was a kid and I'd seen that as a like in the figure... Like, to get the tractor with the figure, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, I want that. Which so, I'm sure is going to happen now. Oh, well, it absolutely should. Mattel. Is it still Mattel? I think it's Mattel. I think I it's Mattel. Well, I haven't bought a toy in, like, 30 years. So. Wrestling fit. They're not toys. All right, figures. Thank you. They are toys, but we love it. Wrestling figure collectors out there, um, if it is Mattel, please do um, say thank you. Say, say yeah, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I sound like a heel now. No. Please do pat me on the back. Uh, but if it's not, feel free to correct me um, as harshly as you like. Um, but yeah, it, he drives his tractor down to the ring, uh, sits up in the actual, <laughs> climbs up onto the top of it, introduces himself. The greatest moment in in SummerSlam history is the mic catch. I didn't even notice it at nope. first. 
No, it was thanks to social media, in all fairness, that I, I caught that. And, and then, the little cheeky wink. Yeah, I noticed that. But little... no, one to be, no, no one seems to be mentioned that part. It's, it's like Roman just caught the microphone and that was it. Effortlessly, without even looking. Um, and they, and you wonder why Roman has been billed as the, the big guy now in WWE. That's why. Yeah. No, in, in all seriousness, though, I, I'm being genuinely very serious. That's the best SummerSlam moment in history. Uh, what else is there? No, there isn't anything else. That was the best. So, yeah, the match is underway. Last man standing. They kind of go at it pretty quick. There was some... What I, I liked about this one, and again, don't get me wrong, I am, I'm very much bored of seeing them go at each other now. And they, they kind of, they, they, commentators talk about the fact that this is kind of like the, the biggest rivalry like in the last decade. And I was like, oh, come on. But then actually, when you think about it. Kind of is. It kind of is. Isn't it? Yeah. It really genuinely kind of is. Um, it's just, I think it's just a shame that the earlier matches were played by the fact that Roman was in a very bad place in terms of um, crowd perception and everything else. And, and it, you know, rightly so. It was very... The Roman we're getting now is head and shoulders above the big dog. Oh, definitely. The tribal chief is is the guy. Is the guy that I think... Every, we can see the tribal chief. If they, if they were seeing the tribal chief when Vince was trying to put him to the moon, I get it. But the big dog, it, just not so much. No. Not so much. Um, but, you know, it feels like that is a lifetime ago now. And the tribal chief is all that matters, and he really is. So the match itself does is quite hard-hitting. I did feel some callbacks to WrestleMania 31 encounter. Yeah. I felt like they kind of like went through the paces with some of their other matches and worked through it. It almost felt to me a little bit like the end boss battle in Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> When Liquid Ocelot is kind of like going through each phase of like, you know, Liquid Snake, Liquid Ocelot, Ocelot. Mm. And you're going through, do you know, it felt yeah. a little bit like that at some point. Um, big table spots, Ash. So loads. Like, and when I say big table spots, not like out of the air, like Logan Paul's thing. But I mean, like they looked gnarly as hell. Yeah. Um, there was a belly, was it belly belly on the outside on one of them? There was a, yeah, so he... Simone drop into one of them. Yeah, so Roman puts him through two tables that are basically like they're in the middle of outside they've set up. Yeah. But it's not done after the tables have broken, which and you don't see that very much in wrestling, at least not in, in your in your big uh, wrestling companies, like a WWE. But there was one, I can't remember if it was Roman or Brock, but they get sort of like thrown into a bit of the table. I think it's Roman that's thrown into it. Yeah, sounds about right. Bit of the table that was already like broken, but it kind of looked like, where the wood had snapped again, like it was the metal bars of the legs yeah, that went nasty. into his bag and it, in his bag, in his bag, and it looked really horrible. But uh, then Lesnar's going ape with the bits of table, like swinging it around, hitting him yeah. with a, as a weapon. Um, big highlights of the match, though, Ash. Let's we we just we might as well just talk about Lesnar using the tractor to lift up the ring. Well, we should mention that he did use the. He did use it a couple of times. One was to put Roman inside into the bucket. And then to drop him out. And obviously he jumps off of it to start the match. Yeah. Which I expected him to do anyway. Yeah. Once he's already It wasn't as good as the one he did. Do you remember the um, uh, stretcher match against Big Show? I think 2003. Oh, yeah. When he jumped off that with no, like, no space at all to to, like run. He just jumped off and like. He's a freak athlete. But yeah. Yeah. You didn't expect that one. But. The, him lifting the ring. Oh, that was crazy. 
uh, genuinely, and wrestling's so difficult now, like a lot of things, like films and everything else, like it's really, really difficult to try and do something that no one's ever seen before. Yeah. And it was like the first time we saw the ring break with him and Big Show. And it was a very big, like, wow mm. moment. And it has been done a few times since, but it's never really, it's been duplicated, but never... No, it's been replicated, but never duplicated is the phrase, I think, isn't it? I don't know. If that's, I guess that's what it means. But yeah, nothing really compares to that first time. But this was really innovative. And I think we've seen with Last Man Standing matches over the last probably six or seven years or so, maybe more. But we've seen some ingenuity in how they're trying to end the match yeah. and stop the opponent from standing up. And this was a really cool way of trying to do it. Like, he can't stand up if I've literally tip the ring on him do you know what I thought he was going to do I thought he was literally going to tip the ring over and land on Roman yeah, that would be so dangerous to do though because like if any of them ropes like like swing out from the turnbuckle and stuff like that and fly into the crowd like people are going to get really hurt well we know what Brock Lesnar is like with throwing things in the crowd yeah, exactly but um, I really love Roman's bump when, when yeah. he gets to deliver I see it might have been WrestleBotch but they posted the um the back, the um, behind them? Scott Hall. Oh, Scott Hall. One with Big Show shaking the ring. And, like, you know, who did it better, like him or, or Roman's fallout? I mean, you know, I know it's a joke, but, like, it's genuinely, it's not even close. Like, Roman did the fall perfect. It was great. Like, yeah. he looked like he was genuinely bit. And it is. Like, he gets some see That ring is really high in the air. Oh, yeah. Like, it gets serious height. Also, um, um, it reminded me of. I can't remember which referee. I can't remember which one it was, but the. It might be the. Braun Strowman, Big Show, Suplex, the Break the Ring, where the referee just like falls to a for, knee and just falls out yeah, the ring. Yeah, falls out the ring. Is that Mike Kyoda? It might have been. I think or it might Chad, have been. Is this it, is Chad somebody, isn't it? This Chad referee. Pat- Chad Pat- no, it can't be Chad Patton, can it? It's Chad something. They actually start that. Maybe that's another thing now as well. Couldn't say the referee names before. No, but um, they do say his name in the match at some point. It's it's Chad something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks awesome. It's a great visual, and they're then battling outside around the ring because mm. the Usos, of course, come down. Then a great moment. I always love seeing it, but it's it's because it's so rare that you get to see it. But um, Heyman actually taking a bump, and I thought what he, a bump it was. Yeah, I just thought, oh god, he's going to kill him. <laughs> Lesnar he... picks him up for the F five and gives him the F five through the announcers table. Yeah. Where he then proceeds to lay there like he is dead. Well, he should be. Yeah. <laughs> I love his selling of it after. When Roman wins the match and retains the titles and they're going back up that ramp, which is a really long ramp, but when they're going back up that ramp and Heyman's just got his like mouth just wide open, <laughs> selling it great. Great moment, really good action, especially in the closing sort of segments and areas of the match. It was the one, really, really the good. The one thing that puzzled me was the theory coming out. Yeah. So I theory think, does I mean, come think, out then. It, how is he going to do this? Because the ring, obviously, you can get in the ring. Again, I think that was where I felt like we were we were playing on certain things from the past, and that felt like the Seth Rollins moment from Mania Thirty One. Yeah, but I'm thinking, well, how can? Yeah, you can beat him up, but how are you going to get him in the ring? And if you get right to the very top, he doesn't need to though, does he? What a thought so. It would have been a triple threat last man standing. Yeah, but how would that work? Knock, they, I guess both have to be down. 
I don't know. We've never done it before, have we? There's no, there's never been one. I've seen that. I've... That's, but that, that's kind of how I interpret it. It's like, I've... are we going to get a triple threat last man standing? Like you literally, I mean, if you think about it, you could do that. Like last man standing doesn't indicate that there only has to be two people. Like a last man standing could literally, but I think that would be a great type of match. Have a multi-man match where you literally have to be the last man standing and everyone has to be down for the count of ten. That would be great to showcase a monster. I think WCW... Like theory. I think WCW did that. (laughs) Oh, God, maybe it's not a bad idea. Maybe it's a bad idea after all. I think it's like in 2000, so obviously. Oh, no, I take it back. It might be the tag team one. Oh, no, I didn't say tag team. That's ridiculous. What a ridiculous idea. But I think TNA even did one. Oh, terrible idea. But, um... Mine was better. <laughs> but no, Theory, he comes in. i got to admit, you catch that wallop he gives Reigns with the briefcase yeah. and the camera angle makes it look like Reigns took it and his head like ricochets off the barricade. Like it looks like a proper, like a real gnarly hit. I liked that a lot. Um, but of course, he doesn't actually cash in. He doesn't get the chance no. to actually cash it in. It's worth mentioning. So he is still Mr. Money in the Bank. But he um, does get F5'd onto it. He does get f Well, sort of. Um, Uso's getting taken out of it uh but they do come back just in time for um the big pile on row uh, on brock yeah which was weird because the referee was counting and they still were technically attacking brock um yeah kind of but, then, but not uh, really but i should, should, see what you mean he should have stopped the count it uh, but as a visual really cool and then stood, roman getting on top of the pile with brock under it and he's under like the announce table and all this all this stuff from ringside and yeah and very cool visual really again, cool way to end the show once again michael cole count faster eh? i know i already thought his counts were really quick i actually said that when i was watching it i was like these 10 counts seem because it felt like they were like having to be like completely out yeah and then like literally all this life to them in the last like second it's like roman was on was on the floor at nine and, all and then suddenly he's like, oh and it's yeah. yeah which is fine sometimes but it, it felt like it had to be each time like the counts did already seem really really quick um but no and otherwise that's a big super thumbs up and uh, a really really good way to cap off what i thought was a really good summer slam yeah. and definitely a cool way to start off what I guess we're all going to kind of call the, the new era, the Triple H era. Which is funny. Which is actually the Stephanie it's, and Nick Khan yeah, era. Because yeah. we never said that about who was in control of creative in the past. Yeah. So it's um, weird, isn't it? I guess we see what we want to see um, with these sorts I've, of things. I thought this is what the Mania match should have been. If they'd done this at Mania, just imagine... Um, yeah, I mean, I actually didn't mind their um, but because Mania match at all. But the problem with the Mania was Roman got hurt during the match, so they probably could have done a lot more. Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely a thumbs up. May I, may I say double thumbs up? Double thumbs up. Mine's not, a super thumbs up. Not, this is, it's like Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> I swipe right on that match. Very good. I swipe up, actually, on that match. It was the closest to a five star you probably could do for me. There you go. Mini Meltzer has confirmed. Really good show. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'll go through, because I know you've seen a few matches from Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor show. Yeah. Um, I've watched uh, watched it all the way through. From what you did see, enjoyed it? You can go to it as we get to the matches. I'll, I think I'll, I'll, I'll I, think I would through. have enjoyed it more if I watched it at the time. Okay. Well, I mean, I actually, I mean, I watched it like a few days later, to be fair. As I say, I'm not, I can't, I don't enjoy watching it live so much anymore. Um, but Ring of Honor. Of course, the Tony Khan's Ring of Honor, AEW Ring of Honor, however you want to call it, was um, 
a little bit before SummerSlam, aired on uh, on Fight TV, and I guess on pay-per-view around the world. Uh, July 23rd, uh, it took place from Lowell, Massachusetts, from the Songa uh, Centre, which I don't think I've pronounced correctly, but I think that's what it is. <laughs> so, Death Before Dishonor is, of course, the... Uh, it, it's a well-known Ring of Honor pay-per-view. It's got a new lick of paint. Yeah. Uh, it's the 19th Death Before Dishonor show for Ring of Honor. Um which also, by the way, we haven't obviously gone for that really awful Ring of Honor logo that we saw before. Oh, yeah. Or at least if we have, I think we've changed the colour scheme, so at least it looks oh, it's like only the changed. old one. If, so. if the original one was the original TNT title, this is now the TNT title now. I, I, I like this. It looks like Ring of Honor. I, I like how it looks. Um, but yeah, in terms of... So including the uh, pre-show as well, 11 matches in total... Um, so four of which were on the pre-show though so they do give you quite a lot on there i have not watched the pre-show and three of them that we didn't predict that's yeah well they weren't announced at the time no well we kind of knew that kind of thing would happen yeah exactly um but yeah so seven matches on the main card for this one and um we do kick things off with what's now got a bit more controversy around it which is actually quite sad but we do get claudio castagnoli taking on uh, jonathan gresham um, for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Of course, the story going into it is that Claudio's never won a world title. He's chased his first world title victory. It seems quite obvious that he's going to win. I did pick Gresham in the predictions just because sometimes you do have to kind of go the other way if you want to try and get a good chance of winning. Because <laughs> those lower odds can bring you in a fortune. Tell me about it. So, <laughs> obviously, it didn't in this case. Um, something was clearly quite wrong. and Because I, I, I thought it was weird seeing Jonathan Gresham come out in just his T-shirt. Like, he didn't have the long, like, trench coat. He didn't come out in the octopus mask. It just seemed a bit like, hmm. The match was quite short in terms, you know, for Ring of Honor world title matches. Yeah, when you think, when I think Ring of Honor world title, I think half hour, 45 yeah, minutes. Exactly. And this is a fraction of that coming in at what? 11 and a half minutes. I was going to say, what was the time? Just over 10 minutes, 11 and a half. Very short for a Ring of Honor world title match. A very good match nonetheless. I did enjoy it. You said it kind of felt like a Rampage match. It, it felt... Maybe because they've done so many Ring of Honor world title stuff on Rampage. Maybe it's the crowd just didn't feel like into it. That is a bit of a thing throughout the night, actually, with the crowd. Um, I think I get what you're saying with the Rampage comment. I think though it's just more the timing for the match it wasn't it didn't have a lot of time allocated to it and i don't think jonathan gresham's showcased very well in it no you know i you i know what jonathan gresham can do he's one of the absolute best wrestlers in the world and he will tell you that he will tell you that and i know that's good, that is rubbing some people the wrong way but you know, I'm sorry, but in this life, in anything in life, you've got to have self belief, and you've got to know, you've got to have self worth. And I, it doesn't matter what anybody says. Jonathan Gresham is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Oh, definitely. I don't know what the attitude's like behind the scenes. I'm not there. So you know, whether or not this whole thing between him and Tony Khan, which comes to now, but whatever it's all about, wasn't there. I don't know. But he is one of the best technical wrestlers, one of the best wrestlers in the world, and that does kind of lead into what apparently this heated debate or argument or shouting contest however you know depending on which dirt sites you're reading it from um but there was apparently a discussion between jonathan gresham and tony khan before the event yeah um 
in whereby Jonathan Gresham had basically, in a nutshell, expressed his displeasure for the the lack of, I guess, time A they were going to get. So I guess that might have already been decided before the argument. Um, but just in terms of like how wrestling is portrayed. And I, I think he's gone out afterwards and said that he just doesn't feel that at the moment, the current landscape of wrestling appreciates that technical style because people want to see the flashy stuff, which he has got a point, but I, I've got to disagree to a, to a degree because I, yeah, I do like the flashy stuff every now and then it's got its place. Definitely. But I don't want to see that for a whole show. Like I like the mix. I like having mixtures throughout a show because it keeps the card fresh. Yeah. Not every star has to be a five-star classic, but the ones that are going to be a five-star classic do need longer than 11 minutes. Especially when you're opening with the world title. Yeah. And again, the, the main event for the show is FTR taking on the Briscoes in their second match. And I I think if they weren't going to go on first and going on last is absolutely fine. Because they really do. Like, it's a it's a big marquee match. I just don't believe them when they said there was a coin toss before the show. Well, how else are you going to explain it, though? You know, from a kayfabe perspective, I, I think that was perfectly acceptable. Plus, who who did the call? Who who was the who was responsible? They, for the they, they didn't go into it. But let's not knock the commentary team. Commentary team was. Um, I really enjoy Ring of Honor commentary. Uh, the commentary team, by the way, is uh, Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman, and of course William Regal does come out for a couple of the matches which we come to. Um, he's out actually for this one on commentary. Gives a very, very he's very good, isn't he, Willie? Very. Very good, Willie. Um, I just like... I do like Willie. Yeah, I know that. No, I do. I really like Willie. He just knows. Willie just knows. He loves, you know, it, he loves, it, he loves it stiff. He, Willie absolutely loves it stiff, and that's why Willie's in the Blackpool Combat Club. That's why Willie is the Blackpool Combat Club. Everybody learns from Willie. Yeah. And when you get trained by Willie... You you win gold. Willie wins gold. Yeah. And Willie goes in on this one on commentary. He goes in with the insight. Uh, very, I, I, but I do. I love listening to William Regal on commentary. He brings this authenticism that is just like it's unparalleled by what anybody else can offer. And I think we probably appreciate it just a tiny bit more because it's that British bloke who, again, he's an icon for British culture and pro wrestling. I said it last time uh, in the last episode, and I will say it again now. I think William Regal is the face. British Bulldog absolutely has his place and the argument can be made. I completely get it. But for me, it's William Regal. Um, But yeah, a good moment nonetheless. Shame that it was kind of... Um, shrouded in some sort of controversy with the Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan stuff. But Claudio does get his moment. Claudio Castagnoli is now Ring of Honor World Champion. So that has happened. Very good to see. The next match is the six-man tag team titles. So the Righteous, Vincent, Bateman and Dutch defending uh, against Dalton Castle and the boys, who now have names, Brandon Tate and Brent Tate. A brilliant call on commentary for that one. Uh, when Don Castle was doing the spot where everybody's on the outside of the ring, the boys have to keep running in and he throws them over the ropes to land on the enemies. <laughs> on the enemies, like I'm on a, on a game now. And then he's, they have to keep running back in the rings to Dalton and keep throwing them out. Love the Dalton Castle stuff. Love the stuff with the boys. Love the call. He's turning he's turning people... What is it he said? He's turning peop- two people into more people. I think that was the call. All right. He's turning two people 
into more people <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Most ridiculous goal. And I don't know why, but it just it got me chuckling. Um, and I think that was Caprice that came out with that one, but it was brilliant. It does sound like, from what I, I know about him, it does sound like it's I, I think it was. I'm sure it was Caprice. Um, and of course, they're called the boys, so you're going to have uh, a lot of funny innuendos about the boys. Um, but again, I guess that's TV 14. But do you think that's weird that they got the boys with them boys? Um, so they're called the boys. I think it's because originally they were the boys and they, they yeah. were just boy one, boy two. And now they do have names. Um, so Brandon Tate and, and Brent Tate. Um, so I'm assuming brothers. Um, I don't know an awful lot about them, actually, really. But um, really good. I like that you know, they play a great role in this match. Of course, Dalton Castle is a standout. They do win the six-man titles. Um, so we get two championships change hands in the first two matches of the main card in what was a really entertaining match. So both that. That does get the thumbs up. The first match gets a thumbs up again because I, I do like the outcome. It's just a shame about the controversy. It doesn't get a big, big thumbs up. Um, we get what was then my favourite match of the night until the main event, which was Wheeler Utah defending the Ring of Honor Pure Championship against Daniel Garcia of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Of course, playing into the rivalry that's happening over on AEW. Yeah. William Regal joins commentary again for this one. That's where It was this match where William Regal really stood out on commentary for me. Because it was his style. His style. Really puts over both guys very well. Um, but really goes out of his way to put over Daniel Garcia. Yeah. I feel on commentary. Really, really went out of his way. Um, and he comes out with certain calls like, you know, like, I, I don't want Daniel Garcia in the Blackpool Combat Club. But if, if we had all the best wrestlers in the Blackpool Combat Club, who would we have to wrestle? We want to go against the best. It's the stuff he comes out with. And the stuff he comes out with. When he's talking about the nose... Grabbing the nose because it makes the eyes water. And if your eyes are watering, you can't see where I'm coming from. Willie Regal. Willie Nose. Um, literally, Willie Nose. It's a Willie Nose grab. I can see the cogs turning. You like what you're hearing. Mm. It's all right. Don't get too excited. Um, you didn't overly enjoy this match so much, did you? I think it was good. I just, uh, I, I'm someone who, if the crowd's into it, I'm into it. If the crowd just doesn't. Same problem for the, as the first match for you, then? It's a little bit. It's like, I know these guys are good. But once again, it just felt like an AEW match on the Ring of Honor show. I I wish I... Mm. If, this, if this match was on an AEW pay-per-view, I think it would have done very well. But because Ring of Honor, not many people probably are going to be familiar with them as much as they should do but it was just like is, like, it, it's so like is it the crowd that's done this match in for you I think so if it is that's a massive shame but I think what you've got to try and understand as well there's 3,000 I think just over 3,000 people in the crowd for this one a little bigger than that apparently it was it was 3,000 I know they said it's probably the biggest attendance show they had about 3,000, okay, 3,100 fans, 2,900 paid, 200 from competitions. So um, that's from WrestlingHeadlines.com. So I, if that is true, then that, kind, that would make a bit more sense. Because out of 3,000 people, you think in bigger arena shows, at least 3,000 people are going to be cheering. Yeah. And that's a collective like wall of noise. Whereas this one, I, I agree with you. I think that it did suffer a little bit of that because of that. But 
which is a massive shame because it was apparently uh, one of the highest um, buy rates in Ring of Honor history, the show. Yeah, and it just proved that people who are watching AEW, it's probably because of the AEW factor, not, maybe not because of the Ring of Honor name itself. I, I, I think there's going to be a bit, a bit of a mixture of the two, if I'm honest. I'd say it's probably a bit of a mixture of the two. Um, apparently, um, it did around 27,000 digital buys, did the pay-per-view, and nine, I think around about 9,000 from TV. Okay. Um, that was according to a report from Dave Meltzer. Well, it might be the other way around. On the Wrestling Observer. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a double thumbs up from me. I love the pure title. I love the rules of it. I've always said like I love that sort of stuff. And again, it's why I wanted to see Gresham do a little bit more. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love the story they were telling in there. I love the story William Regal was telling me on the commentary. And what I was seeing in the ring, it complemented each other so well. It was really refreshing. And playing into the stories that are going on, you know, like Wheeler Utah hitting the locking on the walls of Jericho. Yeah, Garcia's out there wearing William Regal's colours and trying the Regal stretch and stuff like that. Like, I liked it. I like, I I liked what they were doing. The whole thing with William Regal saying, "If you to go to the ropes, he won't be happy. He's got to wrestle out of every hold." Although I don't feel they played into that that much on there, as much as they could have done. I, it really doesn't matter to me. It was a really really great story, and I loved it. And I genuinely think it was a standout match. Um, you know, crowd being quiet aside, which actually it. That kind of goes on for the rest of the show. Um, you know, I think sometimes... You are absolutely right. When the crowd's into it, it's more special. Yeah. You get into it. But, you know, you can't take away from the match just because the crowd wasn't that high for it. Um, next match of the night, though, is uh, Roosh taking on Dragon Leaf. Brother versus brother for the first time ever, apparently. Um, which I hadn't actually thought about. But this match is just sort of added in. Which again, I think is another gripe you've got with it. So you feel that this should have been a bit of a bigger deal. I would say so. Uh, it was only announced what the day before, the day of the show. It wasn't like it was. It, it feels like every time a brother versus brother match has happened, or a family feud type match, I think they should make a big deal out of it, and it just felt like it was just another match. Yeah, I, 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 th- I suppose I do agree with you. I mean, the match itself is fantastic. I really do enjoy it. Um, but when you take into account, even if you take away the brother versus brother aspect of it, I mean, Dragon Lee is a former Ring of Honor TV champion. Roosh, former Ring of Honor world champion. Um, although there's always, I think, a little bit of a bitter taste in fans' mouths for that one because Roosh's world title run should have sort of probably happened a bit sooner than it did. And there's the argument to be made for all of that. But, um, you know, Roosh has a very good win-loss record in general. I don't think anybody um... really saw Dragon Lee beating him on this one. No, because I've, I've I've heard people say that Roosh is someone who's hard to do business with. Yeah, it, you do hear all that like, sort like of stuff. He, how, how he's I don't I want to, don't want to say he's got creative control, which I've never liked. I'm not saying I never like, but it's something I don't like of wrestling because it just feel like you get the it doesn't work for me. Yeah, think. it's a weird one. Again, and there it, is knowing your worth, but it's I think history has proven that there's only so much creative control a wrestler really should be given I, I've, I don't know if I've said it on this before but I've said if I if I ever did get creative control it would be give me this guy give me this guy this and this guy yeah I can win against one or two matches but just 
can, uh, if I'm, if I can, I'll show you. I'll show you people that don't know them how good they are and that they could be a future star. I think luckily within AW, there's there is a lot of that that's going on. Like again, look at Wheeler Utah. Um, Jericho is is another one for for bringing. I mean, you know, look at the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's taken two point We're clearly very talented. It's taken uh, Daniel Garcia, very very talented, and it and it is thrusting them into a bigger spotlight. And it is what they needed. And I said this to you when watching it, but this whole um, Daniel Garcia thing and the story there about you know he just doesn't seem like he's he's a sports entertainer despite what they're trying to tell us. But that honestly plays into the story perfectly well, for I, me. I think it would have made more sense if he was the former WWE guy, and not just. No, I like it. I really like that it seems so so far removed from the actual truth. It makes it more entertaining, and that is the irony: is that it supports entertainment for me. And the Kangol cap says it all. Um, but yeah, you know, look, Roosh taking the win here isn't shouldn't be surprising. No. He's leading up to his match with um, Moxley for the for, you know as a world title match, uh, so he's got to look strong going into that. Also, Roosh is, is contracted to AEW. Um, I can't imagine he's got that much creative control. Tony Khan's not going to let him do that. Um, but yeah, he, he takes the, the win with it. Really good match. I did enjoy it. Like you said, it didn't do a lot in the way of a build, which is a little disappointing. But at the same time, you know, we haven't got a TV product for Ring of Honor. Mm. You know, do what you can do, you know. Um, Roosh picks up the win. Big spot of the match is Dragon Lee's dive through the ropes. Lawn which, darting himself yeah, through the just, table. just looked amazing. It was like an OMG moment on 2K, just done um, kind of better. Or, like a glitch, a glitch that went well. A glitch. Not a botch, but a glitch. Yeah, a glitch that went well. <laughs> it was really good. Enjoyed it. That's yeah, how you do it, Darby Allen. <laughs> uh, thumbs up for that one. Mercedes Martinez is up next, defending against Serena D, which she does. Um, Serena D taps out. Serena Deeb's getting a lot of title matches at the minute. Yeah, she'll get she'll get a um, Impact Women's title match <laughs> next week or so. She absolutely deserves it, man. She, I, I don't. I'm not saying that she's not good. I'm just like you can't. Yeah, no one, no one in their right mind could say Serena Deeb isn't good. No, it's just that um, if you keep losing title matches, why do you get a title match? It's, it's, I'm sure we mentioned. I'm not sure that once again we mentioned this before, but the old SmackDown 06, 07 GM mode. Where you'd say, or someone say, I've not had a title shot, and they would lose like two in a match, two title shots in a row. Give me a title shot. <laughs> Maybe like... that's what she's doing. Mm. Hitting Tony up on the old emails. Morale's well, although, going down if she don't get one. Although she did kind of give away that Vince and John Linus were what they were like a month before it came out. Really? Well, she said uh, um, she did these things so old perverts would accept her. Oh wow! Do you not remember that? It was, no, it, I don't. It's it like I think it's before her match with Thunder Rosa at um, the last, might be the last pay-per-view. Double or nothing. Yeah, she said she did a promo to Dustin Rhodes, like I did. I had all these implants, and I did. I shaved my hair so these old perverts could give me a spot. Oh yeah, I do remember that now. And then, like a month later, this stuff of Vince comes out. Wow, Serena Deeb, the prophet. Well, yeah. Good match anyway. Mercedes Martinez does defend uh, the title. She's still the champ. Good women's match. Well, who else have they got? Very good women. Was in Ring of Honor. Well, yeah. So there is two people. 
basically. No, it's really good though. Uh, it's, it's, the thing is, with Ring of Honor, I, I said before about you know we, we said about the TV deal. Like, would it be worthwhile just like slack, sacking off Rampage completely and having that as Ring of Honor? But then AEW still then got the added problem of like they've got quite a large roster now. So what do you do with all the other guys? Give them back to the WWE. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, I think I'm enjoying Ring of Honor more without a TV deal. I, I, I'm going to not lie. I like wrestling shows that, that just happen like sporadically. It makes yeah, everything just seem a little bit more special. Like, if Ring of Honor just be... The only thing is, though, if you're going to do that, then the Ring of Honor Television Championship is going to become a bit... Redundant well, because like page all the time. And he, well, I say all well the time. if they're going to do it on there, then that's fine. But you know, I, I personally though, I just wanted to say like I actually I I wouldn't mind if it just stays as a pay per view thing. I'm gonna be against that. Um, I'm gonna say ECW did it near the end when they lost the TNT deal. Yeah, I don't know if they went back to hardcore TV. I, I I like it. I like the idea of it. I think I just I just don't, I just think I think it works. Um, speaking of the television championship, Ash. Samoa Joe is defending his title against Jay Lethal. Um, does pick up the win against Jay. Very good match. There is more story obviously being told there, but a lot of that story has been told over on AEW. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Samoa Joe picks up the win in this one. Some really big spots. Um, it's weird seeing Joe still, if that makes sense. I think it's because he's... We've seen so much of him on AEW. Have we? As part of Ring of Honor. Well, I was going to say. But we've not seen Samoa Joe do anything AEW, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, we've seen, obviously, most of him on AEW, but it's not. He's not been involved with any AEW stuff. It feels like he's there for a week, then gone for about three, then back for another week or so. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird. Like, I, I, you know, I like the fact that. It's a different sort of thing and whatever, but you know, I would like to see Samoa Joe get involved with some of the AEW guys. Like, well, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with these people that come and go once in a while. I don't want to see everyone every week. No, exactly. But it's it again because it makes it more special than yeah, when you see it's people. Like, I know people have a go with like Roman and and now with um, Roman and Cena, but if you see them every week, it's, yeah, it, it takes the the. Like a little bit of the star power away in a in a weird way. Yeah, because mind they, you, though, you say that and then you look at like Austin and Rock was on every week. Yeah, but you'd see him probably on both once, shows. You probably see him once every show. If they weren't cutting a promo beginning of the show, well, they'd probably... be in a backstage segment. Yeah, doing something exciting though. That's the that's the thing. It depends what you're doing. Um, was, uh, I, I, I I just want to say on this one real quick. I, if if we're going to be done with Joe and Le- Lethal now, yeah, I would like to. Do a triangle with it, and let's get Lee Moriarty in there now, and have Lee Moriarty go because I think that that was supposed to be, you know, the thing which is you know like Samoa Joe was kind of like the guy passing a torch to Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal passing a torch to Lee Moriarty. So let's now have Lee Moriarty being like the youngest one of that that chain of succession, be the guy to take the title off of Joe. Cool, that can be done. I, I, I like the idea. Again, it's fantasy booking, but we'll see what where it goes. We'll see what they want to do. Um, main event, though, Ash. Big, big match this one. Clocking in at almost three quarters of an hour. Um, it's the two out of three falls between FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood 
against Dem Boys, the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark Briscoe. So uh, it's for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Um, the other titles aren't on the line. The other titles being the AAA and IWGP, uh, which Ring uh, FTR also hold. So um, FTR do pick up the win in this one in a really long, drawn-out war. And they had big expectations off the back of their match with Supercard of Honor because as I said when I reviewed that one goosebumps before they even touched before they even locked up and that I think is the biggest difference which you've already said like I know we talked about it already with the crowd yeah but that was the biggest difference the crowd was so so into it for Supercard of Honor that this show and again I don't know if it's because how long the match went on for or what it may be but it felt a little flat at certain points, which is even harder when you've got such a long match. I don't think that's a bad thing because you can't burn out the crowd. You can't burn out the crowd, but when they've already been kind of quiet throughout the night, this sounds like it's basically just we're attacking the crowd, really. Like, which we kind of are, but like we're not. It's I completely get it. It's a long match. Yeah. But it was so, so good. It's a, it's a wrestling clinic. We get so far into it before we even get the first fall, and it's the Briscoes picking it up after the Doomsday. Um, then we get the second fall, which of course then FTR leveling it out at one apiece after the big rig, and then the 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 final move of the match is a pile driver from the middle rope um, from I think it's from Dax to Mark Briscoe. Um, it seems like there's going to be sort of a bit more of a promo at the end, but I. Th- think it looked like to me it looked like the referees kind of like mouthing like you know you've got three minutes left like you've got to like be quick and so that, like they are quite quick about it and Dax is like oh I'm gonna cut it short but you know mother effer I love pro wrestling and you know you can call me an effing mark all you want but I love this and you know really really good it was short and sweet and actually it kind of felt like that was exactly all it needed to be um but I think I don't know where this leaves something like the Young Bucks because, like, for such a long time, we've all gone, "Oh, he's the best tag team in the world." The Young Bucks are FTR, but actually, the big tag team wars have been FTR and Briscoes. Yeah, I feel like um, the match. What was it? Was it All In two years ago? The FTR Young Bucks match. You mean All Out? All Out. I can't remember what the show is called, but there's only been one All In. But um, yeah, if I felt like. They were saving some stuff for later on. When the crowd... Well, yeah, because remember, the first one's not in front of a crowd. No. So, yeah. So there's a ch- there's a chance. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. We're, we're obviously going to come back round to Young Bucks and FTR, and it's going to be an absolute clinic. But we'll, we'll have to wait. Based it's... on what we've seen so far, Briscoes and FTR is the tag team rivalry. But I think whenever we do that match again, Briscoes is going to probably pick up the wing, because I, I suppose they're going to need to. Because you can't have three straight wins for FTR over them, surely. Well, if it was a Jericho feud. <laughs> um, double, triple, quadruple, however many thumbs up you've got, really. You can stick them all in the air for that one. Um, really good. Can't even, I'm, I'm just not even going to go into all the different spots in the match because you, you are just going to have to just go and watch it. Um, but some, it's just, it's just a, it's a tag team clinic. But but don't let the crowd being quiet a lot of the points get you down about it. But is there a tractor that lifts the ring up? There is no tractor that lifts the ring up, no. But you so it, just, can't, it can't be a good match. You just know that the Briscoes have a tractor. Possibly. 
Oh, I'd imagine so. I mean, that's a big old ranch. Actually, one thing ranch? I think they do. But one thing I forgot to mention was after the match, Brock Lesnar got on top of the ring. What, in Death Before Dishonor? No, at uh, SummerSlam. <laughs> after the match, he got into the top corner that was with the... Oh, wow. A lot um, of people were speculating that it could be a retirement for Brock, but I don't think so. Oh, not even close. No, well, Death Before Dishonor, again... Very good. 27,000 digital buys and um, just over 9,000 from television. Um, it does put it as one of the biggest that they've had. Um, Do you I, think... I guess we'll see what's next in the Ring of Honor calendar. I'm not sure what would be next. Um, it'd be... We don't really know Best at the moment. Best in the world? Well, it depends how... It depends what they want to do. Or do you think they'll do... Um... Things might have changed a bit. Because I think, what was that? The Best in the World, one of the big shows. Border Wars was one of their shows. Well, there's not going to be as many as there was. No. So, um, run through really quick, because I've not actually seen it. Um, I've just seen like some of the still images of who was there and stuff. But Ric Flair's last match. Right. The bundle on Fight TV. So this is the bundle package, which would have been like obviously the show, the roast of Ric Flair... Um, there's like a documentary thing wasn't there some other bits and bobs yeah that, that didn't... 184 pounds 99 or dollars i think it was 100 dollars. 184.99 that is the better part of 200 piss off well i am paying that who's paying that don't know. who's paying that no Sorry, not me. Did you? No. Nah. Anyone out there listening, if you've paid that... I'm saying, for, you, I'm saying for a house. So, you know what, I, I actually am. I can't, and I really haven't got that. I've spending too much as it is. And I definitely I'm not spending on that. But yeah, anyone out there that did spend that, I tip my cap to you. And I'll tell you what, you can throw some money my way if you've got it to burn, because apparently you do. Um, I, no, I, in all fairness, I can't obviously say anything about like, whether it's good or not, because I, I've not seen it. Um, I've I've seen some footage from inside the arena. What does it look like? Was it good? I've only seen the finish. In terms of who was there, so Taker and Michelle McCall were there. Um, Foley was there. Foley was there, yeah. Bret Hart, uh, he Bret took Hart his son, didn't he? Yeah. Even Bret Hart was there. I was thinking... Uh, I saw Bret, yeah. Thinking, All of them together, I think, yeah, I'm thinking, they? don't half of these people have like... Um, a thing against a Rick. Heat against Ric Flair. And... But maybe that's meant to be like the nice kind of like, you know, he's, he's, he's put all of these old fights to bed and... yeah. Plus, getting to see Undertaker away from WWE and not, and apart from like boxing and UFC, yeah, that felt weird. Taker, that could be the first appearance of Undertaker on a wrestling event that isn't WWE since um, WCW, possibly, yeah, which would be about 1990. Well, I was gonna say, does OVW count when he would do it's WWE? Don't it was WWE, yeah, genuinely. I think so, yeah, that would be the first time in like. 31 years. 31, yeah, 32 years. years. Wow. 31 and a half, let's just say that. Ric Flair's final match at 73 years old is his potential actual final, final match now. Um, so, of course, he has he's had retirement matches in the past, but the first one that felt like it really was going to be it was WrestleMania 24 Yeah. back in 2008, and that was against Shawn Michaels. I still feel like... And again, you can never... It's not up to us to say when someone should re- retire... But like in terms of like what felt like a genuinely very good send off, and it was the first one for me that felt like it kind of started that tradition of like retiring at WrestleMania. I feel like it kind of started with Rick. 
Yeah, to think the next year would have JBL. The next year would technically have JBL, and the year after that would have Shawn Michaels. 27 was probably going to be Undertaker. Um, Well, it depends, because you had all those rumours about it was meant to be Sting there and everything else. But yeah, the retirement at Mania, I mean, we've had quite a few. Technically, Taker did retire at Mania. Technically, yeah. Um, Twice. Yeah. Three times, actually, because technically he retired against Roman. Then he retired against AJ because it was his last actual match. And then retired from the Hall of Fame. I know he does it on Survivor Series, but the, the Hall of Fame speech felt more of a retirement well, also, than the Survivor Series one. I don't know if you remember this, because I didn't, once again, it's one of those things I didn't realise until like the next day. After the Hell in a Cell with Shane McMahon, he put his gloves in the ring. <laughs> oh, wow. The dead but, man, yeah, imagine the that, dead man but, won't die. Imagine, imagine that being your last match, Hell in a Cell against Shane McMahon. Well, and it, and although the match wasn't, you know, a big it was, thing, it, was, it had the moment. I mean, that's a, that was yeah, a, hell think, of a hell of a jump. Yeah, I don't think Michael Cole would have done For the Love of Mankind. With the, <laughs> for the Love of Mankind! Uh, with the um, script in his hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the card itself then. Um, I'm going to get it up now because I'm not sure, but it had uh, people from lots of different companies, didn't it? Well, NWA. Pro- Progress had a match, I think. Progress had a match, didn't they? Okay, let's have a look. So it was obviously you had Starcast and stuff there as well. Um, I think Soraya, so obviously formerly Paige. Yeah, who said that? There. Brian Danielson. He's not going to AEW just yet, but we'll see. Okay, so yeah, so a New Japan one here then. So we had Ren uh, Narita versus Yuya Yumura. Uh, Umura. Uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. against Killer Cross. The Von Erics, Marshall and Ross taking on the Briscoes. Uh, the Wolves, Dave Richards and Eddie Edwards taking on Motor City Machine Guns. Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Rock and Roll Express. Of course, mm-hmm. Kerry Morton and Ricky Morton, still fantastic for their age. Uh, taking on the Four Horsemen of Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson, uh, which isn't the Four Horsemen, it's two. Alan Angels taking on uh, Jonathan Gresham. Uh, take, uh, well, four-way match, but Alan Angels versus Jonathan Gresham versus uh, Konusuke Takashita and Nick Wayne. So a bit of an interpromotional thing going on there. Bandido versus the Laredo Kid versus Ray Phoenix versus Taurus in... What I'm sure, actually, on paper, that's that sounds like a pretty good lucha match. I'd love to see that. Uh, Impact Knockouts World Title was on the line. Jordan Grace defending against Diana Perazzo and Rachel Ellering. And what, you mean that uh, Serena D wasn't there? Serena D was not there, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. She's not yet, no. She's she's working her way to it. Impact World Title was on the line with Josh Alexander defending against Jacob Fartu. And, of course, the main event, which would be Rick's retirement match, teaming up with his now son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. What do you think of that? The That's, actual match itself. What that meant the main event or any of, any of the card? Well, well both. I well, guess the, really. I, like I say, I saw the finish of the match, and it's like top tier crowd view. Um, it's, I believe, Jeff Jarrett accidentally whacks Jennifer with the guitar. Ric Flair puts him in the figure four. But it's so, I don't want to say, that's not the word I want to say, but it's so out of it. He's lying with his shoulders on the floor, but they count um, Jay Lethal's shoulders at the one, two, three. And apparently Ric Flair just couldn't get back up. Guess what Ric Flair did in this match? What did Ric Flair do in this match? He bladed. He bladed? I'm heard of, isn't it? <laughs> 
Um, but it's how, it, from what I from what I've heard, it sounds like more like it was more of a handicap match, and Ric Flair just did like spots when he wanted to do stuff. Um, I mean, there is really only so much he can do, and I, do you think this is genuinely it now? I feel like it has to be now. Well, a lot of people say that they were com- they felt uncomfortable watching it, and I don't blame them. Yeah, I, I do you know look, a lot of stuff has come out about Rick in recent years and it's not all very good stuff it's not very nice stuff um again he's another one of those where i think that his talent in the ring is undeniable um some of the stuff you've heard and whatever about him is is really not good no but um let's just let it let's leave it now i think let's leave it lie the career's it's done but i guess that's the trouble isn't it with wrestling like you you I guess you you just you want to keep going forever, and it is just a case of like father time and your body. Yeah, is the only thing that's going to stop you. Because um, every time every time I think of that, I always think of near the end of the wrestler when the only ones that are going to stop me to do my thing is you people there. Yeah, and that's why I think. Uh, and it is, and it does ring true. Yeah. It does ring true. Well, I mean, at some point maybe I will be checking some of it out, but it's certainly not on uh, um, my must-watch list, shall we say? Um, before we rack up, rack up. Before we <laughs> we can rack up if you want. Before we wrap up uh, things, some clash at the castle news. Ash, of course, you will be t- attending for definite. You've already got your tickets. I've already got my tickets, and I've booked a hotel to. Well, I, I, my brother did. He's booked the hotel. Yeah, you won't be finding a hotel cheap there now, unfortunately. So for those who are looking for clash at the castle news, um, in terms of buying tickets, so Ticketmaster, of course, is going to be one of the main places people are going. Um, to buy tickets unfortunately though most of the uh, more reasonable t- price tickets have been taken um, venue wise hotels in the area so th- they, they are offering packages where you can get hotels unfortunately I think they are all sold out currently at the moment to now get a hotel anywhere in the area um, the prices are in the triple figures Yeah. for one night obviously I know WWE is, gonna, is in town they know they'll be able to get away with putting their prices up it's very sad. It's very frustrating, but it is what it is. There are some places you will be probably looking £500 up plus for a hotel for one night. If you are looking for a hotel, do bear that in mind. Um, for tickets uh, itself for the event, I believe I'm going to double check this now because when I looked the other day, the cheapest were around £112, Ash, and that was for the top tier of nosebleed seats. Um, whereabouts is your seats then? You say you think it's probably around about the same? Around Around the same. Now, how much did you pay for your tickets when you first bought them? Because you got them a few months ago. Sixty-four fifty each. Sixty-four pounds. Okay, and that is a lot more reasonable than what you'll be looking for now. Yeah. Um, so, in the Principality Stadium, which of course is in Cardiff, which is where the event's going to be held, in any of the sections marked U, that's going to be the top tier seats, and all of those now um, there is some on resale, which I think you can get for about eighty pounds now, seventy-nine pounds plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them will be sold now for around £112.50 a ticket. Uh, and those that, that is very, very high up. Um, well, the price or the... Both, yeah, and the seating arrangement. Um, for the best seats in the house currently, obviously this is uh, 3rd of August that uh, I'm looking at these. So the, the event is mere 30 days away. Oh, no. it's... 30 days away. It's going to be held on uh, September 3rd, which is Saturday. So we're really not far from it. Best seats, though, having a look for you all right now. Ashley, quiz time. 
This is my kind of segue into it. It's a quiz for you this week. I just didn't tell you. But the we, quiz... You did. You I, said it was, I said maybe a quiz, but I didn't say it was just going to be you and that if you lost, I was going to slap that ass. No, you didn't say that. No, I didn't say that, exactly. But now I have. So, you know, high stakes. Ash, question number one for you. <laughs> mm. The um, One of the best... The, the most expensive uh, ticket currently... Uh, okay, no. All right, not most expensive ticket to... To the actual exact figure, but how much do you think a front row seat now is going to cost you? Was it one thousand two hundred and ten? Oh, you need to go higher. One thousand two hundred eleven. One thousand eight hundred plus. Now we're we're very close. Some of these tickets, uh, section B four row E currently is going for one thousand eight hundred and seventy three pound forty five. Even if I won, that is a hell of a lot of money. I'm, I, to be honest, I think I don't care where my seat is. I'm just being being there and knowing I'm at the first time. Completely agree. Honestly, I completely agree. I don't mind having to get a nosebleed seat, but what I'm the, the trouble is is that I don't think 112 pound would justify it as much. Probably. Not. If I had the money, I I could get it, but it's just like you know, you, it's, t- it's taking a bit of a hit financially for that. And then also, then you've got to look at the travel because I'm I will not be able to get a hotel, and I am not going to pay five hundred pounds for one night in a hotel. It's not going to happen. I know this could be like a once in a lifetime deal, which I, in, in all honesty, I don't think it will well, be. But it, it a, certainly is the first one since ninety two. Yeah, bit a big event. Well, well you, cause that's the thing. But they're saying it's the first one since ninety two. But obviously, they had like uh, insurrection, rebellion, but I don't think those count as a preview because it mainly for the UK only. glorified house shows glorified there's one night there wasn't one night only and in 1997 yeah but SummerSlam was a big it was a big boy yeah it was a big boy um but no I it's it's one of those it's one of those I, I don't know um in terms of any travel and things like that it is up on WWE's website they have put a few things on there but depending on where you're traveling from um, you can head over to www.com um, and look at all of the things that you need to know about Clash at the Castle, and it'll give you some travel instructions on there also. But um, if you are really thinking about getting tickets, I think uh, the advice would be really to, um, you're either going to have to get on there pretty much straight away, or it's, it's going to be a case of trying to catch resale tickets yeah. when you can. Uh, and that's certainly going to be my goal. So I'm still not, I'm, I still very well could be going, but I just, I'm going to try and find a better deal. Um Ash, the quiz itself uh, is actually going to be a bit more in line with the um, the topics today that we've talked about. Um, okay. Ashley, the pre-show, which we didn't touch on for Death Before Dishonor, it's a good quick-fire round, just see how well you do. Um, Colt Cabana defeated who? Uh, WWE Lawyers. WWE Lawyers. Anthony Henry, which I'm sure... At some point, he's not been a WWE lawyer, but if he has, then I guess you get a point on that one. But you don't in this in this instance. Uh, what was the women's match on uh, the pre-show for Ring of Honor? Uh, Night- was it Willow Nightingale? It was, and she defeated whom? Um, I remember I mentioned it last week, well, last episode, because I just mentioned it before to say that it was a match that was on there. But I can't remember who it was against. Hi, Alison Kay. Oh, well done, Ash. 
Uh, Alison Kay, it was, defeats her. So there you go, that's two more women for Ring of Honor. Um, how many times, Ash, has Brock Lesnar appeared now at SummerSlam? Right. That would be his sixth. You think his sixth? Go through each one. 2002, 2003. Uh, go through each match. Well. So 2002. Brock, Rock. Brock, Rock. Then the Cut Angle rematch. 2003. 2004? He wasn't there. No, he wasn't. So where do we go to from there? 2012. Which would have been? Triple H. Uh-huh. Then Punk. Right. Then Cena. Mm-hmm. God, I think he's been at every summer summer he, since he's come back. Wow, here we go, see? Because he had the, the, the punks, So what's 15 going to be? Punk, Cena, Taker, Orton, the, the Fatal 4-Way. Then he had the Roman Reigns... That was the last time me, you and Jay watched the pay-per-view together. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, then it was the Seth Rollins match, which was a pretty good match. Seth. Freaking Rollins. That might change for TV 14. I doubt it. Yeah, me too. Um, Kid Rock won't. I don't think he was at 20 because he had t- the time off, didn't he? Last year, he came back. That was the big pop. Um, and then it was the Roman match this year. So that would take the total to... Eight? Ten. Ten. His tenth SummerSlam. Will it be his last? We'll see. But Time will tell. Who has the best SummerSlam record, Ashley? Hogan, isn't it? You think it's Hulk Hogan? Yeah. So, and this is for wins in general? Yeah, I don't think Hogan's ever lost at SummerSlam. Okay. I gave you the question. I need to Google the answer. Yeah, you should have done that. You should have thought. I didn't think it was. I'll I'll be honest. Before I see the answer, I'm going to say Randy Orton. So, let's have a look. I think Orton's got like two or three losses. It could even be Lesnar, you know, actually. Okay, so as per firstsports.com, uh, which is a first for me, we'll see what happens. Well, that might be a joke. <laughs> um, so, at the very top is Edge, apparently. Uh, let's see, 98, he won. He has a, a win-loss record of 11-2. SummerSlam. Who did he lose to then? He lost to... His two SummerSlam losses. Taker at Hell in a Cell. Taker at Hell in a Cell in 2008, that would be. Yeah. And he would have lost to... He beat Cena at SummerSlam, actually, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um... So he lost to... Was it last year? No, he beat Seth. He beat Seth, didn't he? What's his first SummerSlam? Mixed tag with Sable against Mark Marrow and Jack. Yes, it was. And that was in 98. So 99. Maybe, I think I I know. I think there was a tag team turmoil. I think they lost it to the Hardys. I might be wrong on that one, but that's the only one I can think of they lost because... That's going to be 99 then. Yeah, because 2000 SummerSlam. TLC. Is the TLC which they win. 
him and Christian. Then 2001. Lightstorm. Yeah. In a, really, in a very underrated match. 2002 is... Eddie? Eddie. Did he win, did he win that one? Or did he lose that one? That might, that might be it. I actually can't remember the outcome of that match. I know the feud was really good. That's what I remember. But, yep, yeah, apparently he has the best record of 11-2. Do you know who's just behind him? I got the thing, it's like Triple H. Seth frickin' Rollins. Well, to be fair, he's another one that didn't, like, he was on, like, every SummerSlam since his debut, so... Yeah, 6-1 and one he is at the event. Um, Who beat him? Uh, he beat Ambrose. So... He beat Cena, he's been Brock. Yeah, and he defeated Ziggler. He beat Ambrose. Because that was that Dom's yeah. first match. Oh, of course. He lost to Finn Balor, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Universal yeah. title. Um, and then behind him is Roman Reigns, who comes in. Um, actually, I don't know what Roman Reigns would come in at. But he's another one that feels like he hasn't lost them. SummerSlam, but he probably has. The Fatal 4-Way, that really good Fatal 4-Way with Brock, Samoa Joe and uh, Strowman. Yes. He's beat Orton. He beat Cena. He's beaten Brock. He's beaten... Um... Beaten everyone. He's beating everyone. Beating everyone. He beat, he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's not just beating like small names. No. He's been some of the best, na- biggest names in the last 20 years. Well, I've, got, I've got a question for you. Oh, go on then. Uh, TNA slash Impact Wrestling have done their, haven't done this in a while, but they used to do like a kind of money in the bank thing for like all the titles. It was like, um, I can't remember what the match was, but it was like a briefcase on every corner. And you had to pull it down, and you didn't know which what what it was until you opened the briefcase. Um, they oh had, god, yeah. And then one one of the briefcases was for the world title, which was cashed in. I think it was five times or six times. It was a low number. One person won. One person cashed in and won. Who was it? I can't remember. I actually, I, I actually genuinely don't know. I'll, I can take a complete shot in the dark. Do it. But it's a completely random guess. Bobby Reed. No. I knew it wasn't. I don't know why I said it. Shark Boy. Do you know what? No. Who was it? Drew Galloway. Was it really? Yeah. He's the I only, wasn't really he's, watching it around then, to be honest. He's the only person that cashed in the one. Because you had Hernandez... Was someone who had the that briefcase? I think. Um, that didn't go for very long. That match. No, I think. Type, did it? No, I think Scott Steiner had it. <laughs> I think. <gasps> but yeah, it's like. Um, Bring that back. Bring that back and put it on the same show with the last man standing, ten man last man standing match. I tell you what. After we do this, we'll go on the network and I'll try and find that last man standing in WCW two thousand. Oh, I can't wait. Well, we probably suggest that you also do the same. I think that brings us to an end. Um, an end of an era and yeah, the beginning of a new. But what, speaking of new era, 
Um, we should congratulate Cassie Lee and Sean Spears who are going to have a baby. Oh, that's nice. I didn't know that, actually. Mm. That's very nice. That's good news. We like good news. Well, congratulations to both. Yeah, go on, go on um, their Instagram to see the video, and it's pretty, it's pretty not funny, but it's uh, fun and heartwarming at the same time. Ah, uh, that's nice. I like that. Congratulations! What a lovely way to end it on. Yeah, guys, if you've enjoyed the episode, thanks for sticking with us. We really hope you do. Remember, if you have, you can like, subscribe, follow, whatever the lingo may be, on any of the social media platforms or streaming platforms that you listen to us on. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm not always very active on there, but social media does kind of suck. So um, we <laughs> occasionally I'm on it. Um, but you can obviously find us anywhere you get your podcasts and um, also a few little bits go up on YouTube every now and then. Mm. Um, to fellow podcasters, we're looking to do a few things um, in the future. So if you would like to, to link up, maybe do something, little collab together, um, we can work things out. There is certainly a few out there that I would very much like to, to have a chat with, share some opinions and... A little bit of a round table. Um, Ash has just found something on social media as we speak, which is on WW Supercard. You can get Brock Lesnar's tractor. So on that note, that's how we should end. I just like tractors, I think, now. Yeah. I just like tractors. We hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you are having a brilliant day. Um, We hope that you own the day. The day is yours. Go out and get it. Go out and get a tractor as well. Yeah, not just farming simulator, just get one. Yeah, don't just simulate it. Do it. You can do it. You was about to do it, weren't you? No, I was going to say, do it now. <laughs> I was going to go for the Palpatine. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do you in a minute. <laughs> See you later, everybody. Woo! Yeah.